I'll be right here. We'll be right here. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and I found him running around the woods. <laughs> and uh, for the 146th time, I'm joined by Brennan Fitzpatrick. And all I can say about today's episode is please... Be good. Yeah, let's let's hope that this is a good podcast. Although I <laughs> I think there's one person listening at least who doesn't like this movie. It's probably not going to think that we are being good on this podcast. Well, um, then they don't have to listen, and they can turn it off right now. So oh, you know, right, I mean, it's, or, no, or, nobody or, nobody or, forces you to hit play on a podcast. You know, true. um, and nobody forces you to watch a movie. About, I complain about podcasts I listen to. <laughs> but it's a part of the experience. Uh, last week we talked about Poltergeist. And this week, due to a Steven Spielberg connection, a June mm-hmm. of 1982, uh, thank you, I almost said 83, 82 connection, um, which 40 years ago, June, 40 mm-hmm. years ago, uh, childhood, uh, new invader in the home, I mean, tons of connections, connections left and right. We will be going from June 4th, 1982 to June 11th, 1982. Mm-hmm. Last week we talked about Poltergeist, this week we were talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial by uh, this one directed by Steven Spielberg. Yep. And uh, then at the end of the episode, we'll be discussing and uh, deciding on our next movie based on suggestions sent in by you, the listeners, and ones that we brought as your hosts. Uh, we'll be spoiling E.T. If you've never seen it, it's probably a blind spot if you've never seen it. I think this is a major movie. If you're At least yep. if you were born in the like 80s, 90s, uh, early 2000s, this is a blind spot. So uh, you can watch it on Peacock. Commercial free, at least it was commercial free for me on Peacock. Uh, uh, yeah, after you get through the three minutes of commercial before they let you play the movie, sure. I consider that commercial free. Yeah, fair enough. I would say if you're if you have to listen if you have to listen and watch commercials at the beginning or the end, but you are uninterrupted for the run of the movie, that's commercial free. It's fair enough. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, watch it on Peacock, or if you want to skip ahead, which uh, not listen to us talk about ET. And uh, see what we're going to be watching for next week. We'll put that timestamp in the description of this podcast. So, uh, but pause the podcast and go watch ET. Then come back yeah, and listen. Definitely. And I will have some other podcast suggestions as well. For when you're done with this podcast, if you want more ET, I have some good ET podcasts. To suggest. Yep. You know, the usual suspects, really. Uh, as always, you can submit your feedback to us at Ladder Movie on Twitter, the movie ladder gmail.com, the movie ladder on Letterboxd. Find us in all those places, send in your feedback and uh, scores, next movie suggestions, once we do pick that movie for next week. How you doing, Brendan? I'm good. Uh, it's finally starting to feel like fall here, uh, you know, the with temperatures varying between 40 and 65 degrees. It's uh, been really nice here, though, weather-wise. Um, you know, haven't gotten much rain for the for a fall. It's been nice enough that you can, like, go out for a walk and enjoy the weather and it's only going to be like this for a couple more weeks before it really starts actually getting cold. So, you know. Yeah, uh, that's the weather with, weather with Brendan for the week. Yep. Uh, but you asked how I'm doing. Yeah, I'm so enjoying the weather. Yeah, I'm the enjoying weather? the weather. You're enjoying, I'm enjoying the weather. The weather. Uh, I was going to start <laughs> off uh, this podcast with what are you going as for Halloween? Brendan, what are you going as for Halloween? Um, I am going as a podcaster. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Life Same paper. thing I do every year. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't I don't have a I don't know why I asked I don't have a, a yeah I don't have any Halloween plans this year at least not as of yet it's been a while since I've really dressed up for Halloween I actually can't yeah. not since uh, we used to like go to Halloween parties and stuff it's probably been a good 
seven or eight years since I've been to a Halloween party. It actually Halloween parties are probably back this year. You are they? Halloween party. Oh, I, I think so. No. Maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's good. I'm glad that the weather is turning. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little bit later for us recording, later in the evening, so it's nice and mood lighting, which is appropriate for <laughs> watching E.T. and talking about E.T. So, um, all right, Brennan, what's the best thing you watched this week, then? Uh, yeah, so I currently uh, am starting a little Alfred Hitchcock run on my personal movie ladder. Uh, first one up was his 1943 film Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton. Uh, really, really loved this movie. Um, really suspenseful, really good story. Um, thought I knew where it was going the entire time, and Hitchcock still managed to surprise me, as he often does. Nice. Um, with a few subversions of expectations. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend people check it out. I mean, I think of it as early Hitchcock, even though it's more mid-Hitchcock of Hitchcock's run. But it's towards the beginning of what became his, like, classic run, you know, ah, okay. nice. uh, in 1943. Do you have a uh, li- do you have a uh, ranking of Hitchcock movies? I do don't, because I haven't watched enough of them yet, or enough of his actual, like, what people would probably consider his classics to, like, uh-huh. really do a definitive ranking. Like, I need to still see Dial in for Murder and Strangers on a Train and Notorious and... Some Listen of to those. all these movies that you can be yeah. suggesting for Brendan exactly. to watch on this podcast. Exactly. So, um, do you have a Spielberg ranking? I think we've probably talked. About I do this. have a Spielberg ranking. Actually, we can um, maybe that'll come up later. Yeah, um, I have one as well, and uh, it's a little bit of a struggle for me figuring out exactly where to rank this movie on there. For sure. Um, which maybe we'll talk about. Um, we will. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I was thinking I didn't watch a lot this week. Um, and I think I'm going to do, in the spirit of Halloween, the worst thing I watched this week. Because, um, I don't know. It's, and I don't even know if this is the worst thing, but this was just, like, the thing that aggravated me the most. Oh, no. It had the most <laughs> reaction. Um, it is Halloween time. And uh, there mm-hmm. was a new Halloween movie. There's a new movie in the Halloween series called Halloween Ends. Oh, no. Allegedly the last movie in the Halloween series, which is definitely not the last movie in the Halloween series, because they're just going to reboot this in, like, five years. But... I watched Halloween Ends last night, also on Peacock, also commercial free. Oh. And uh, I've liked this new series of Halloween movies. Like they're like, it's like they've been like good junk food, kind of. Like mm. they're like the Taco Bell of movies, basically, which right. I, I like to compare things to Taco Bell. Like <laughs> it's not like it's not good. It's not good for you, but they've been entertaining the first two. I like how they kind of modernized it. They brought they said, all right, here we're gonna visit Laurie Strode 40 years later. And the first two movies in the trilogy take place on the same night. So they both take place on Halloween night 40 years later uh, in 2018. And this one uh, jumps ahead four more years. So we're Mm -hmm. actually, you know, in line with, we're in 2022, we're in line with the present. Um, So it breaks what I really liked about this series so far, which was that they were just continuous all over the same night. Mm -hmm. And this movie is just so infuriating. It focuses like way more, you know, I guess it's sort of a spoiler. It focuses way more on like one character who's not, Laurie or Michael, and that's what I had heard. Yeah, yeah, and when it's the last movie allegedly in the series, why would you go away from the two characters who are the yeah. series? Yeah, that that's unfortunate. Um, I did listen to a uh, spoiler review of this movie because I knew I probably wouldn't be seeing it. I haven't mm-hmm. seen any of the new Halloween movies by um, who's the who's the director? 
Uh, David Gordon Green, who David is Gordon uh, Green. is rebooting yeah. the uh, Forty Years Later, the Ex or maybe not Forty the Years Exorcist Later. Exorcist Yeah, I heard yeah, that. he's doing the Exorcist next next year. There's an Exorcist movie he's making. Interesting. And I'm just like, oh, I watch it. I'm sure. And the thing is, is like these Taco Bell movies, I I still watch, <laughs> still watch them, even though I know like they're like yeah. not that great. Um, but yeah, this one just I don't know. It was just it was so bad. And the characters that it shifts to, if they were interesting or good characters or good actors. Mm -hmm. But it was just like this, like mainly this like emo douchebag guy that we're following around <laughs> for the whole movie, and it's just he's awful, and like it's just not fun to like it's just not enjoyable. And the end of the That's movie is okay. The opening is really really good. I would recommend watching the first like five minutes because it's a, it's a fun short movie. It has nothing to do with the rest of the series really, um, except that it does take place on Halloween night. The year after, so 2019, so the year after the first two movies in the series take place. So. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll add it to my list I'm, and, and at least check out the beginning. Um, I know that I do need to uh, watch some scary movies in the next couple of weeks. Um, I know Barbarian is coming to streaming soon, and yeah, I'm really excited to check that out. Yeah. I wasn't able to get to it in the theaters, um, so I'm really excited to check that out. Um, I also heard that... Uh, or, yeah, uh, that there are a couple other really good things currently on streaming on the Shutter app. Yeah, and like apparently Shutter is like the best streaming service nobody is talking about, except for like Chris Ryan on on the Ringer. So I I'd be curious to like subscribe to that and like pick some random movie. I'm sure they know? do a free trial. Yeah. Um, and I know The Exorcist is on there because I was talking to somebody about The Exorcist mm. and they were like, I really would like to watch it. I can't believe it's not streaming anywhere. And I was like, Well, you can probably sign up for Shutter. I mean, it was on Shutter. Yeah. Um. And I do think, like, the like again, you know, sometimes you feel like Taco Bell. And I do think, like, the right. first two movies in the series are not bad to go to. And if you're going to watch the first, you might as well watch the third one, you know, right. just be prepared to not like it. But maybe, who knows? Maybe you'll like yeah, it. Maybe uh, I will. Yeah. I mean, so. the thing is, like, I'm not a big, like, slasher horror fan. I'm much more of, like, Poltergeist is much more of, like, the type of horror that's my speed, mm -hmm. which we covered last week. Or, like... Yeah psychological horror of like hereditary which is a movie that i never want to watch again but i absolutely adore it yeah and this you know, like, like i just don't even really think this movie is very scary that's a um i mean it's just not even really trying it's just kind of trying to be like a managing like almost like a movie that's just managing the halloween ip but not actually right. like there's no it's not really a slasher anything. movie that much Okay. And there's not really any jump scares. It's just not like it's it's just kind of like a a drama that takes place in this universe almost. Well, uh, sounds sounds like it's a good thing that you just watched it on Peacock and didn't spend yes. your money at the theater this week. Uh, that is definitely true. And I was excited <laughs> for this too. Like I had seen lukewarm reviews about it, um, mm -hmm. and so I was excited to watch it. And I just I don't know. It's just kind of infuriating. Werewolf by Night. Um, I liked a lot. You know, I'm looking for something else spooky. That was. And that's, I don't know if it's a movie, that's a, you know, it's a special on Disney it's Plus, but it's a, yeah. it's a fun, like, werewolf horror monster thing in the, mm -hmm. in the MCU universe and the Marvel universe, which but isn't connected not really, to anything. Yeah, not at all connected yeah. to it. Cause it like, yeah. basically like the way I interpret it is like takes place like underground, like literally underground. Right. So yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that was Halloween Ends, and we will see how infuriating in a year when I watch this Exorcist movie made by the same guy <laughs> I, I am. Although I don't have, like, the the lore for The Exorcist because I just watched it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I, I think I more appreciate The Exorcist for, like, what it brought to horror cinema than I actually like The Exorcist, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's it's just one I didn't I didn't grow up with. I didn't see until mm. either this year or last year that I saw it. So I just don't have the reverence for it. That's right. what I was looking for. Um, but I would like to get into some more horror, you know, some more horror movies over the next couple weeks before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Some spooky stuff. Well, so. let's see what we can do about that. Well, um, speaking of spooky movies, is uh, ET a spooky movie, Zach? Uh, ET is terrifying. And so okay, so ET uh, is kind of terrifying. So the way we're going to do E.T., we're going to do this the way that we've done, um, by my records, Back to the Future, Mm -hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Home Alone, which I think Home Alone was the first one that we did like this, because I think that was in the first year. Um, And we're going to do, because Brennan and I both are big fans of E.T., and have seen it a million times, we figure, you know, a lot of people have seen it a million times, and there's other podcasts that will break down the movie in kind of more traditional format. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We're going to do our, we don't have a name for it, but it's like our top five I don't know if we're gonna. You it's know, our favorite know. things that we that we that caught our eye on this viewing of ET. But yes. um, before we do, let's just say real quick, you know, what ET is. So ET is a movie that Steven Spielberg directed in 1982. Uh, it's about a young boy who befriends an alien who accidentally gets left behind on Earth when uh, his family. Uh, leaves on the spaceship and accidentally leaves him behind because they are about to get discovered in the woods uh, in northern Northern California. Um, he finds his way to the home of this family and befriends their son, Elliot, who takes care of him and teaches him all these neat things and eventually helps him find his way home. Mm-hmm. Did I do it? Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I would argue with is we don't know that it's El- that it's E.T.'s family. It's ET uh, is left behind by ET is left behind by his by somebody. Yeah, his I mean, yeah, his we don't, And I was other, thinking about it watching when I was watching when I was watching this this time through. I was like, I wonder mm-hmm. how old ET is. Like we, you know, when you watch this, you assume ET and Elliot are like the same age. Right. Could be like hundred. I mean, yeah. You know, and he does he does uh, see a very old alien at one point at a concert. Uh huh. Yes, uh, he does. And he could be the same. And he age wants as to go alien. with him. Yeah, yeah, he wants to go with him. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, so we're going to do like, you know, we don't have a name for this yet. I don't know, five rungs or something. Yeah. Five ladder rungs. I don't know. Top, like top five things, five notes from the movie. Five um, platforms. Yeah, five, yeah, exactly. Five platforms from the movie um, that we're going to talk through. And um, you asked if this was spooky. I will say like this movie, I saw this movie probably, so it was, I think it was before my brother was born in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was probably like younger than four years old. Mm-hmm. Um and I was terrified so much. So I was so upset that my mom had to call my dad home from work to come home because I was <laughs> so upset. And I like this. remember, like I vividly remember this memory. Um, and you know, it was, it, I, it was definitely before like 91. Um, so I, at the oldest I could have been would be six years old. And I was probably younger. I mean, if I was home during the day, it was probably before I was in kindergarten. So it was probably four years old when I watched this movie. Um, and I was always like, I was always kind of traumatized. I remember I had this ET book, and like sometimes mm-hmm. I would see it like before bed, like sitting by my like sitting out, and I would it would scare me. It'd be one of those things that's like in your bedroom that scares you. I remember going on the ET ride at Universal Studios when I was uh-huh. like maybe ten years old, and being like very creeped out by all of the ETs. Um, <laughs> this was a movie that traumatized me for a long time. It took me a long time to come back to it. Okay. And I did a few years ago um, for my personal ladder. I think it was like during early COVID, so I think it was like. Middle like June of 2020, sometime mm-hmm. summer. I think we talked about this right after you watched it, and you um, you may have even been your best thing 
Did you watch that week on the podcast? Could be. Um, uh, I wrote a long review, which actually, like, I read it right before we got on this podcast. And, like, the review I wrote on Letterboxd is, like, pretty much, like, exactly how I still feel about this. Nice. Uh, so it was June of tw- uh, June 7th of 2020. So almost 38 years after this movie came. Or 28 years. I absolutely adore E.T. Um, the listeners at home can't see this, but I have a little E.T. figurine that yeah. was a Happy Meal toy that is sitting on my desk. Oh, it's cool. vintage from 1982. Um, oh, nice. Absolutely love this. Um, I actually don't recall when I saw it for the first time or if it terrified me, but I am a very, like, I was a very emotional little kid, so it probably did terrify me. Like, I was very easily scared by movies, um, especially, like, loud noises in movies. So it probably did scare me when I was a kid. Um, But now I find it to be much more, um, like, emotionally taxing than, like, terrifying. Um, Um, But it's, like, really, really impactful either way, and it's nice when a film like this can grow with you from like how you felt about it when you were a kid to Mm -hmm. like the emotional climax that it hits you at as an adult. Yeah. Because, and you know, I I also wonder how this movie changes when you're a parent because either of us are parents, right? I do feel Mm -hmm. like you watch this movie and you're as a kid and you're, you know, identifying with the, you know, with Elliot or maybe with the Gertie character, Mm -hmm. you get older and you're identififying with keys with a Peter Coyote character. Um, but I do okay, no, 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 no. Nobody should be identifying with keys. F keys. Oh, I definitely keys identify. Is a jerk. With keys. No, I no, j- disagree. No. Keys is absolutely a jerk. They don't even bother to give him a real name. His name is Keys because of the key ring around his belt. Right. That's Which number is, one. That's my number yes. one thing. We'll talk about this now. Let's go to let's go into keys. Is that actually your number one? Because I do have uh, I mean, yeah. there's something about keys that like I think there is, is something I mean, there's about a lot keys. about about keys. And okay. Like, Keys is, I mean, what Keys says, and this is not, like, this kind of fits into one of mine, but not quite. Okay. Like, Keys says to Elliot at one point, he says, E.T. came for me, too. And whether he literally means E.T. was there when he was a kid or an experience like what Elliot has in this movie happened to Keys when he was a kid. And Keys is just grown-up Elliot. And there are times when they're framed and they're both in white next mm-hmm. to E.T. And it's like this is young version and old version of the same character. And Keyes was inspired as a kid by his experience with whatever happened, just like Elliot. And he grew up and he just wanted that experience again. And he dedicated his life to science to find E.T. again, or find something, find extraterrestrial life, find that alien experience again. And as a kid, you just see him as like, they're trying to hurt E.T. They're trying to like do science experiments on him. They're Mm -hmm. trying to cut him open. Like with the like with the frogs, but what he's trying to do is he's trying to get this back, and that's why you see Keys at the end, and Keys is standing there next to ET, next to the spaceship, and he's just watching in awe because this is all he wanted. And from the kids, the kids' point of view, which this whole movie is out of the kids' point point of view, he is just Keys because all they see is this guy with the keys that's coming after them. But if that's all if that's all Keys wanted, then he shouldn't have freaked out when. They said that they were going to the woods. Like he shouldn't have like sent all the cops after them in the vans of the because cop cars Keys is and shot like an, Keys is and, thinking like an adult, and Keys is not thinking like a kid. And Keys is like, no, we have to stop them because I cannot lose, I cannot lose ET again. And he can't think like, 
I, I want to say he can't think fourth dimensionally, but he can't think of like he doesn't want E.T. to go home, and right. it's like that's what's going to save E.T.'s life, and he's legitimately trying to stop E.T. from being able to go home and live because and he can't let not, go, huh? He can't let go. He right. finally got like, this thing. So we see we see two characters in this, and actually, like I got really choked up watching this this time, and I. I, did I have too. a couple. I have a couple of ideas why. But when Elliot is saying goodbye to ET, mm-hmm. I mean he's standing next to an actual like coffin. Like it is a it is an yeah. alien coffin that he's standing next to with a mm-hmm. viewing port through it, like you see in coffins sometimes. Yeah. Thing. I don't know if there's actually viewing ports in coffins, but like he's he's. It's like the coffin has like the top part open, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It reminded face. me of that scene in My Girl when Anna Klumski is over. Uh, yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, right. So, I mean, he's like, this is like, reminds me so much of a young boy, like, at a funeral for a brother, for a right. friend, for, for a, a parent. Absolutely. I mean, we have an absent father in this, so this could very easily be his father's funeral, essentially, that he's at. Right. Or, like, you know, or from a pet, but it's going to be, like, just as traumatic, right? Like right. a dog that dies. He loses this, this imper- important person in his right. life, and then he gets it back. And that moment when he gets it back, which is like, that's when this movie turns so much into fantasy because, you know, I'm sure Steven Spielberg is writing is writing some of this movie. I'm assuming he wrote it, um, mm. is, you know, at least directing it. Uh, he did not write it. Melissa Matheson. Uh, no, it is written by Melissa but, uh, Matheson. Matheson. Yeah, but like the, 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 you know, the creative staff behind this movie, I'm sure Gloss was a big part of this. And they're like, mm. I wish I could get back this thing I lost, this person I lost, this pet I lost. For sure. And, and I... Elliot gets to experience that because of the magic of film. Yeah. And so there like this movie so much is about loss. And that was what really stuck out to me this time. Exactly. And I think that is why, you know, I'm so frustrated by the actions of the Keys character throughout the film. And it I had a totally different read on it than you did. And that's why it's my number five, because it's the one thing in this film that for me continues to be like frustrating like the film doesn't want you to identify with him at all which is why they don't even bother giving him a name you know they, yeah, i just i i mean i can i can see that i just don't agree i really think they don't give him a name because the kids to the kids he is just waistband and keys and that's who he is yeah. right like he's exactly which, which to me means we're not supposed to identify with him at but all we get the same treatment to of the teacher true um true. it's teacher who, you know, I have I have this written down for later in the podcast as well, but we never see above his shoulders. That's also true, yeah. And the adults in this movie, outside of their mom, mm. are pretty much face... I mean, I guess we do see some of, pretty like, faceless. the... Like, they're basically faceless. Even the doctors mm. and stuff, like, we see their faces, but it's covered by masks. They're under hoods and things like that. They're, you know, they're in spacesuits. Like, we don't see adults very much in this movie because this movie is about the kids and the kids' point of view. Right, and this is this is the thing is that like I will say that that, that symbolically Keys works as like the looming adulthood that Elliot is having to go into because this movie is about a loss of innocence. Yeah, and because and like, dealing I mean, with they, if they made a like, like a sequel for E.T. Yeah. like they did with Halloween, mm-hmm. and they did a, a thirty years later E.T. like Elliot could be keys because Elliot could be inspired to go into science and find mm-hmm. extraterrestrial life. And that's what he wants to dedicate his life to like keys did. And that line where we get Elliot 
and Elliot's in the hospital bed, and Keyes has his hands through the plastic, and they're talking, right. and he says, this happened to me when I was a boy. This, right. like, that is, I think, the key to unlocking the Keyes character, and where, like, I completely understand who this character is, and he is not malicious. In my I, in my mind, in my read of this movie. Yeah, it just didn't it didn't hit me that way this time. And I yeah. I, I don't even know that I believe him when he says that. That's oh, the he, thing. I mean, but the way he looks at like him, like he's almost like Spock like to me in this movie. Right. Like he reminds me a lot of Spock. Um okay. and he just seems like he's you know, it's it's like it's like to kids, there are so many things and you know, when I was a kid watching this movie, there were so many things about this movie that were scary to me. Right. Like the um the saw blade that's spinning and the way the light comes through and just like the different household objects. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll touch on, you know, again, I'm like kind of jumping all over my list. I'll touch on these things. I'll come back to these when I get to them. But those things that were scary about this movie when I was a kid, that Mm -hmm. as an adult, you're like, Oh, that's just like a saw blade or that's just like a fork, you know, like these, but the way it's shot with lit, like are really scary to a kid. And it's the same way that a, a person like keys to a kid would be terrifying a doctor would be terrifying. A dentist, you know, I think of like, remember the, do you read the Berenstein Bears? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember the Berenstein one where Berenstein Bears? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I don't remember. So Berenstein, Berenstein, Berenstein? whatever. Yeah. Where uh, they go to the dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're and scared of the dentist. Yeah. They're scared of all the tools at the dentist. Yeah. And because to them, these tools are like these like pokey things and, and needles and all this stuff. But like, it's, it's just to clean their teeth, right? And it's not right. actually scary. But to a kid, the way you see this stuff, and that there's so much of this movie that like, because it's shot through kids, that there's right. stuff that is scary. It's meant to look scary, but it's it's just normal household objects. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I that um I don't know if you I I mean you didn't really get into your next thing you wanted to talk about, but I think it leads into something else you wanted to talk about, which is like the way light is used throughout the course of this movie, where things gradually start getting brighter and brighter and brighter throughout the movie which oh, helps to make it less and less scary mm, okay. is really, really effective until at the end, right before they escape and take off of the ship, you're in the brightest light possible because you're in the hospital room with these bright shining lights and everybody's mm. pale white and it's mm-hmm. everything is illuminated. But that's but the scariest moment of the movie. That's the scariest moment. But yeah. it's like, what I'm saying is like, it's there's this progression of light because... E.T. and Elliot are, like, shot in darkness for the first 30 minutes mm-hmm. of this film when they're interacting with each other, whether it's outside or when Elliot brings E.T. inside to his house when he stays home sick from school. You can barely see what's going on because there are no lights on in this freaking house. Mm-hmm. They're huh. just hanging out in the dark playing with their toys. And it's like he's still trying to figure out, like, what E.T. is and whether he's, like, good or bad or whatever, and then they start to form this connection, and the lights start to get brighter, and E.T. has that moment where he, like, he's in the closet, and he puts his head into the light, and, like, Elliot gets this look on his face, like, oh, now I see who you are Mm -hmm. and what you are. Well, it's interesting that you said the light grows through this movie because the light also grows inside of E.T., his heart. The light of his heart grows as well. Um, Yeah, that's so I do have something similar to that. I don't have that exact, and I actually didn't pick up on it getting progressively lighter as the movie Mm -hmm. goes on, but I do think, like, like there's one of my items is visually, so I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, maybe we've talked around our list enough, or I, I guess I've really been the one talking around my list. Um, so your number five is the Keys character in general? Yeah, let's go to Keys. Yeah, the, the Keys character we went into will be, I'll make that my number five. Yeah. Okay, so um, I couldn't decide on a five. I had I had five and I haven't also ran. Like, uh, so my, my honorable mention is just going to go to the, I'm just going <laughs> to mention it real quick, and that's the score, the music, like yeah. the theme song. Um, I originally had this on my list, but I replaced it. Um, so this gets booted off my list. Uh, so my yeah. new number five is how funny this movie is. And I, that's mm-hmm. something I never picked up on. Um, and it's really kind of like the the middle section that's funny. Um, although there's right. some funny stuff. There's a, a line early on that's kind of funny. But like e, drunk E.T. walking around in a bathrobe it's made hilarious. me laugh so hard. And then what? that part. And then when we get to the Halloween stuff and E.T. freaking out that the knife is going through Michael's yeah. head. And he's and like, no, he, no, it's fake. And yeah. he's like, yeah. And and then she takes the picture and E.T. passes out. Like, all of that stuff is really funny to me. It's all fantastic. And then I – and I knew this scene happens. And for whatever reason, this time it was much funnier to me. But when Yoda walks past E.T. Yep. And it, E.T. tries I, to like, follow down. Yoda. And I'm yes. like <laughs> – it, it, and, and I've seen that, that – you know, I've seen this movie a ton of times. I knew yeah. that happens. But for whatever reason, this time I laughed really hard at that. And and Michael uses the ET voice early in the movie, or not the Yoda the Yoda voice, voice yeah. early in the movie mm-hmm. too, when he's like first interacting with ET and with uh, Elliot, and it's like there's so much freaking Star Wars in this movie, it's not even funny. Yeah, there's, there really like, is. We talked about it last week, but there's so much more in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's yes. it's hilarious. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially every interaction with Drew Barrymore's Gertie is just so adorably cute and funny mm-hmm. where she's just like dressing him up in like different clothing and trying to like have tea parties and the whole scene where she's trying to show her mom et and et like it's like a comedy of errors where like it's like a marx brothers or three stooges bit true yeah where, where he keeps walking around where like he keeps her. walking around and she keeps turning and then he's gone and then yeah. it ends with like the whole be good segment where she teaches him how to speak Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's adorable. And this movie is like really funny. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no. And I just, and I guess, you know, because it is a kid's movie, I can understand yeah. why, but it's just something I like kind of didn't realize. Um, I, I did have the frogs part too, as like being something I really loved. Um, where he's, he's starting to form and that's your, the humor is going to lead into my number four, which is, you know, and this is really explored in the middle of the film with the frog scene the connection between Elliot and E.T. and how that grows throughout the movie mm-hmm. to be both an emotional and physical connection is so, like, amazingly rendered by both the actor and, like, the things they choose to do to show how they're connected, mm-hmm. where they get scared at the same time. They feel the same things. They are getting, Elliot is getting drunk in class because E.T. is drinking all the beers out of the fridge at the house when he leaves him behind. And then you get this climactic scene where it's like E.T. can see through Elliot's eyes and is, like, there's this scene in science class where they're about to chloroform a bunch of frogs so that they can perform science, like, biology class on the dead frogs. I don't know about you, Zach. But I had to do dissection, but not until high school, and the frogs were already dead. 
Yeah, I don't really know if we. Yeah, I think we um, did some dissection when they were already dead. Um, and yeah, like how old is Elliot? Nine. He's old. nine. There's no yeah. way. Like, talk about. I mean, we talked about how this film is about like kids having to deal with adulthood and cope with trauma. There's nothing more traumatic than having to kill a live creature inside of a glass, inside of a glass uh, jar, glass and then dissect it. Yeah. So there's like the the whole scene where Elliot like is like no I have to let him go and they then he like runs around dumping all the frogs out and gets all the other kids in the class to do it too is like so triumphant and so much fun um that like it really like hammers home the connection between ET and um Elliot and you also get like the real understanding of how connected to nature and life and good E.T. is as a being. Because, like, you get it a little in the beginning of the film because he's he and the other E.T. beings are there exploring the life of Earth mm-hmm. and, like, picking flowers and plant life and, like, trying to understand life. Yeah. And so he is starting to understand life through his connection with Elliot. And, and I had, like I was trying to pick up on this this time, mm. just like is there a point when him and Elliot become connected? Because there's never a point where like you know I, I always it's... in my mind I remember it like Elliot is like he's hurt and ET heals him and yeah I it's well with them but it's yeah. um it's the first day when Elliot is home sick from school and he's showing ET all of his action figures and all his cool stuff and mm-hmm. then Elliot like tries to go to the kitchen to get him something to eat and that's the first time Elliot reaches or ET reaches out to Elliot and tries to make the connection and Elliot drops all the food on the floor right okay cuz yeah and, and that's yeah it just doesn't it wasn't super clear that, that was when mm-hmm. like the, like like they had made contact yeah um, that was Elliot that was ET's first attempt at making like that bond mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah okay uh so that was your number 4 yeah that was your number okay. 4 all right, my number yeah, four. Yeah. Uh, something else that I picked up for this time, and um, that will be something that I'll come back to, is the fact that I picked a lot of things up this time. Uh, oh, but how much wait, foreshadowing? Wait, 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 wait. Let me go back to one more thing in regards to that connection that I almost forgot. Yes. Okay. Um. So ET initials ET for extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. We never find out Elliot's last name. Oh yeah. But I would guarantee you that it starts with a T. Mm, I like that. And so okay. they are both E. Tease. I mean, the actor who plays Elliot is Henry Thomas. So. True. So he could be Elliot, Elliot Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there you go. So they are both the, ETs. So they're well, more connected. So yeah. see, look at look at how look at how significant it is that parts of names are held back in this movie. It's there's yep. a reason for it. Just like Keys not getting a name. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. All right. Yep. Good call. Good call. All right. My number four. Uh, and I started saying this, and it's kind of fitting. Uh, there's so much foreshadowing in this movie. Yes. And um, you know, on a rewatch, there's a lot of things that you notice, like Michael, like, so I wrote down a bunch of stuff and I think it's in order. Michael driving, right? Yep. The fact that we see Michael, like, backing the car out of the garage early because that's going to come back because Michael's trying to learn how to, the government, yeah. the government yeah. truck and he can't, um, that we get Elliot playing sick early in the movie and then he's going to mm-hmm. be actually sick later in the movie. Yep. Uh, and he's going to be a... fake crying at the end. He's going to yeah. be pretending to oh, be, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Pretending to mm-hmm. be crying, pretending to be sick. He's um, a real Ferris Bueller, this kid. Uh, uh, there's some foreshadowing <laughs> for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that we get. So there's 
and I didn't do the counting. I started to at the beginning, but at the beginning of the movie, there are a whole bunch of like the suited government agents, uh, the Mulders essentially looking yep. for ET and they all have flashlights yep. and you can't see them. You just see silhouettes of like eight people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people we get at the end of the movie with the bikes and Gertie and Michael, but I would bet it's the same number. I bet you God. that it's, it's like, and so again, yes, that's making the... that comparison mm-hmm. between the kids and the adults, like the kids who have this experience, and then they grow up to be these adults who who dedicate their life to studying science. So again, it's that connection. Um, Gertie says uh, that they can't. She says they can't uh, tell anybody because they'll run experiments on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll do they'll run experiments. They'll do a lobotomy on him. Yep. I think is what she says. Yeah. Um, and uh, about the dog catcher. Um, yeah. specifically. So it's not even about ET yet. It's about, um, it's the about, dog. they don't know what it yeah. is, though they don't know what it is. And so they say, if they call the dog catcher about whatever this, this creature right. is, they keep it's hearing a coyote outside. Or whatever, yeah. yeah, the coyote, that they'll do experiments in a lobotomy. So they're already mm-hmm. scared. Again, from their perspective, these adults are going to come in and they're going to cut the thing open and they're going to do bad things to it. Even if that's not real, even if what they're doing is, is for, is their purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we even get like we get some of the lines being introduced, like "I'll be right here" is said, "Be good," um, mm-hmm. and uh, we get Elliot dressed up as like a zombie with like pale face paint on Halloween. Yep. And then the next day, it it's it exactly twenty four exactly hours later, he's gonna be pale as a ghost, as is as is ET. So they're both gonna kind of become these ghosts that they're dressed mm-hmm. up as for Halloween. Um, I don't know if there's any other. Any other major foreshadowing things that you saw, but that was some of the stuff that I had under. That I can think of, no. Yeah. So uh, I never picked up on how much stuff is kind of, the the track work is laid early on in the movie. Mm. It ends up paying off later. There you go. All right. Um, What do I want to go to next? Um, The next thing I'm going to go with is the actual, my number three is going to be the actual visualization and sound and voice of et um it's iconic Mm -hmm. i mean and just like the way et like squeaks and bleeps and groans as et is walking for the first Mm -hmm. time yeah the like sort of alien sounds that et makes when you're first meeting him and how that evolves into being more human throughout the course of the film as he's becoming more like Elliot Mm -hmm. and Elliot is becoming more like him. This sort of leads into the connection, their connectivity, Mm -hmm. where he's able to become more human so that he can be understood and get help finding his way home. Whereas when you first meet him, he's terrifying Mm -hmm. because he's gangly and squirrely and kind of looks like a like snail that's out of its shell (laughs) a little where yep. he's like oozing along he's got, like sausage fingers and... yeah so you're you're not sure whether to be scared of him or not and it's like then you get into the incredible voice work that's done throughout the film by all these different vocal performers you know some of them including steven spielberg himself and uh pat welsh and if only Kate... frank oz would have done some of this yeah uh, Pat Welsh, Kate, uh, Kate Green. Um, there was another uh, actress who did some of the ET work, but I can't find it here. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine, it wasn't Catherine Keener. It was um, 
I'll have to go back and find it later. Um, there's a very famous singer that had a also had a role in crafting ET's voice. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. But there's a there's a like real change as the movie goes. How ET's voice go voice changes and look changes, and I I think that it's so iconic because we really like if somebody says ET, you instantly know what E.T. looks like and what E.T. sounds like. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's something that once you see E.T. for the first time, you're never going to forget him. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I and absolutely... He might, he might scar you as a kid for a long time. That's also true. He could scar you as a kid, or he could be your best friend. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think, like, and I think the, e, the E.T. voice also is one of the things I didn't mention it, but, like, the yeah. humor, like, that also adds to, like, how funny E.T. sounds when he starts learning to talk. Like, when Gertie has him dressed up and he, he says Elliot's for the first time. And, you know, he is, like, somewhere, some cross between a baby and a pet at that point. Um, and just the right. way he talks is really funny. It is, like, he makes these, like, pig sounds. So, um, cool. All right. My number three is an actual scene in this movie. Okay. Um, and that's the dinner scene early on and yes. i just i really love so much of this dinner scene and so much of what it lays you know if you're paying attention to the dialogue mm-hmm. what it, it it just really sets the stage for like what this family is like what's going on for this family before et arrives um a it has the iconic insult penis breath which yep. just it's know, pretty good is, is yep. timeless um and you know then we we get that whole interaction where elliot says dad would have believed me and then uh okay. And then, mm-hmm. you know, his mom, I think Mary is her name, says, says, well, why don't you call him and tell him that? And he goes, well, dad's in Mexico with Sally. And, like, right. he spills the ble- the beans that, you know, so now we know, like, their dad split up from their mom. Not that long ago, she's still upset about it. Yeah. And, again, this movie, because it's so much told from the kid's perspective, like, the mom is just kind of in the background upset about her failed marriage. Yeah, but it's and she not... doesn't know, like, because you can't put that on the kids, but, like, they're dealing with it in their own way, you know? Like... Right. And yeah, exactly. But again, like this movie is a movie completely told from a kid's perspective. So like the kids don't, you know, as a kid, you don't care what your mom You're, is going through because you don't really, exactly. you know, she's an adult. Like, you know, like adults have it all figured out. Adults aren't dealing with things. Um, yep. And it's the same kind of thing with this. So, um, and then that's when we get the the line about calling the dog catcher for whatever is outside. And, and Gertie says that it'll do experiments and a lobotomy. Yeah. Um, and then the mom goes back to saying he hates Mexico. Like, yep. again, like, he, like we're like, and she talks about Mexico throughout this movie. And we see her, she's always, she's kind of fixated on the fact that he's in Mexico uh, because yep. she's so hurt by it. Um, and then the movie ends with Elliot doing the dishes with these like creepy visual shutters where we have these like mm. slits and the light coming in and Elliot just looks up and we zoom out and Elliot's looking up to the stars, which we mm. have not yet had him meet ET, but he's just about, about to. to. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think like that scene really like lays the stage for this movie so nicely. It's like a nice for little sure. like short, um, like it's like a short movie almost right before this movie starts. Yeah, and that that has a lot to do with one of the you know the one of my probably my biggest honorable mention is that the way this film deals with family dynamics, especially the family dynamics of multiple multiple children and a single mom. Um, you know, no matter what that single mom is being a single mom for, like, mm-hmm. it's really hard. It's really hard to be a single mom, especially with multiple kids, because kids are mean and kids right. can be really cruel to each other and really cruel to their parents. And we see that. And we see the kids being cruel to each yeah. other. We see the kids unintentionally being cruel to her. We see her having yep. to deal with Elliot sick, leaving Elliot at nine years old home alone yep. 
by himself because he's sick because she has to go to work having to leave Gertie at home alone so that she can yep. go pick up Elliot from Yeah, which is something like that you would get arrested for today that was actually kind of normal in the 80s. Right. Well, and where, what's interesting like, too is when we're getting ET yeah. as like a father figure at times, mm-hmm. you know, and he plays so many different roles in this movie, but if if right. he does play the role of a father figure at times like he's basically babysitting them. But she doesn't realize, yeah. but she's leaving sick Elliot at home with ET all day and then she leaves yeah. Gertie at home with ET. With ET. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Yeah, so I, I really love it. Um, you know, as a, as somebody who was raised by a single mom, uh, who only really appreciated his mom for everything she did when he was an adult, you know? Right, that's, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, shout, and shouts that's, to single moms well, and single and that, dads. that, again, is, yeah. like, how this movie... Ma- well, so, was this your number two? Because I'm about to jump. No, 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 no. It's, this okay. is my honorable mention. Yeah. Let me jump to my number two, because okay, I do think, it. like, basically, like, this movie is timeless at any age. And that's yeah. what I and this movie grows with you. And yeah. for me, every time I watch this movie, it gets better. And exactly what you just said is exactly what I'm talking about. Where as a kid, you don't even pay attention to the mom character. And these kids aren't mm-hmm. paying attention to the mom character. But there is so much going on with her and in her life. Absolutely. And that she has to deal with. And that she like just kind of doesn't realize when she pawns these kids off on, on E.T. as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much that you don't pick up on. As a kid, watching this movie, as a kid, you're just watching, like, there's this creepy, scary alien. Oh, wait, it's not the alien that's scary. It's these government mm-hmm. adults that are dressed as, as astronauts that are scary and invading the house. Like, and, yep. you know, like, there's magic and there were, like, the um, bicycles are flying. And, like, there's just, like, the way you watch this as a kid. And then something that I've pointed out to me years ago, and I've, and, you know, it's, it's pr- I don't, I, I probably would have picked up on it even if I hadn't, he hadn't pointed out. But the way mm-hmm. that this movie is shot at, kid level and not yeah. just kid level but et level like everything is yep. four feet high and that's why less, with keys yeah. and with the teacher and things like that like that we don't see the top half of them because mm-hmm. we're just seeing the four foot view and that's something again like as a kid you don't notice how this is shot but i do think as an adult you pick up so much more on like what they aren't showing you because you've grown since you were a child watching those movies. So it just, you know, for me, it just gets better every time. And it's, it's completely timeless. I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. But uh, that also leads into my number three, which is that though this movie is thematically timeless, it is also so quintessentially 80s mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the Star Wars merchandise and references all over this film. Um yep. But also, there is so much 80s in this movie from things I remember growing up doing as a kid. Sitting around the the kitchen table on a weekend night playing board games with my friends and family. um, Going to the video store, that sort of thing. Like, riding your bikes around the neighborhood with your friends until it got dark. And your mom saying, you know, you have an hour past dark to get home. Mm -hmm. You know, running around with your siblings on Halloween getting into mischief and going trick-or-treating and your mom taking embarrassing photos that you find years later because she posts them on Facebook. Right. Um, you know, there is so much 80s things that I remember from being a kid, like getting left behind to when my mom would have to go to work because I faked being sick to stay home from school and watch TV or watch a movie or whatever or do whatever mischief, you know, or be actually sick. But, like, there's this movie does so much that is both tied into both the 80s and childhood that, like, 
you I don't think you could make this movie in the same way now because there would be so many technological differences. That, yeah, I was like, thinking about that when E.T. says E.T. phone home. Yeah. Uh, the idea yeah. of a phone now is so different than what a phone was. Yeah, like they could Google know. all this stuff, you know, or have a smartphone. And it's like, right. it takes a lot of the magic out of it. And it's much like uh, Back to the Future. I'm very glad this movie has not been rebooted. Um, I, I agree. Made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, it's interesting. It is like it is interesting how you say this movie is so '80s because it is in so many ways. But there's also not one song in this. Like there's no that is also true, and that goes in into the score because it's because you have the iconic John Williams score, and for them not have a single '80s song is pretty wild. Even when they're people like riding around in cars, those radios right. are off. Yeah. which is wild um like or like when they're being you know the chase you you would think like yeah. some actual music you know you think of back to the future as an iconic score but still yeah. has power of love and all those other like yeah. clueless and new songs and back in time and things like yeah. that so. and then we you know that also we the 80s of it all also leads into like the commercialization that came after this film as far as like all the product placement in it and outside of it because you have like prominently featured Coors beer Reese's Pieces, uh, Pizza, V8 Juice, um, is it Pizza Hut, I think? I feel like they mentioned Pizza juice. Hut, but you don't actually yeah. see Pizza Hut. Okay. Uh, which is an interesting tie to yeah, uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, to, to Poltergeist, for sure. Um, there are a bunch of different, like, Star Wars, product play, Sesame Street, like, all these I, liked cultural... how, I loved all the food products. When they opened the yeah. fridge, there was, like, There's Philadelphia a... cream cheese and... Yeah. Um, uh, V8 is the one that stuck out to me this time. Okay, yeah, yeah and I didn't write them down, but there were like, yep. the, like everything in the fridge is some sort of name brand. Yep. Um, which I thought was really funny. And it's it's funny because they had to use Reese's Pieces because they couldn't get M&Ms. Yes. Uh, friend of the podcast, Sarah Oreck, actually sent me a uh, blog post about how they uh, that M&Ms didn't want to be in the didn't want to be featured in the movie, and Idiots. that was what they originally reached out to. Idiots. Yeah, I said that's that's very similar to Hulk Hogan turning down the George Foreman grill to do the Hulk <laughs> right? Yeah. No, instead he decided to make what was it the Hulk Hogan pasta uh, maker or whatever? I believe it was a blender. Uh, well, didn't he do a pasta thing too? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. He yeah. he definitely did a pasta thing. Speaking but, of things from the eighties, let's talk about Hulk yeah. Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um all right, so yeah, the, so was that your? So is I feel like we're that's why number three is the eighties commercialization. So somehow we got off track because I already did my number two. So what's your number two then? Um, well, you were doing. You said you were going to do two at once. So I did. You two. wanted to go right. I did your, do yeah, two. So I'm going to. So I'm going to go into two then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, calm down. But you started. No, no, no. You started before me. Somehow. You... No, you did two in a row because you said, "Let me go ahead and do my number two while you were talking about your number three. But so, so you did your number five. I did my number yeah. five. You did yeah. your number four. Yeah. I did my number four. You did your number three. No, I, I didn't. Thought, no, I didn't. Right. So I did not. I did an honorable okay. mention. All right. Well, while you were talking about two and three, in the middle of your list is a really no. While you were talking list. about two and three, I brought up my honorable mention. So what, what were you doing between four and th four and three? Doesn't matter. It does. All right. I, I, good thing this is recorded, so people can point out that, right? that you screwed up the order. All right. I did not screw two. up the order. You did. All right. Do your number two. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about my favorite scene in the movie All right. as my number two. And that is the scene where Mike and Gertie meet E.T. So wow. Mike and Gertie come home from school. And first, Mike comes into Elliot's room. Elliot has been home all day 
sick from school, and Mike has been making fun of him for the first half hour of this movie because Elliot keeps saying there's something in the backyard, it's an iguana, it's a werewolf, it's a whatever. And now that he's finally got E.T. in his room, he wants to show his older brother. But he first, like, makes his older brother do this awesome promise. And, like, the the most important promise you're ever going to make. You know, the unbreakable promise. And he shows him, and Mike is, like, freaked out, but then, like, also, like, forms this connection with E.T., and then Gertie comes in out of nowhere, and they all just start screaming because she starts screaming, which makes E.T. scream, which makes the other two scream because they're connected to E.T. and doing what he's doing. And it's like this circle of screaming. Circle of screaming. Circle of screaming, which is wild and really funny. And then they finally calm Gertie down. The mom comes in. She's like, what's going on? Nothing. Get out. And then they have, like, Gertie and Mike and E.T., in the closet and they're trying to figure out what to do with E.T. And E.T. is like making a connection with each one of them as they're staring at him, trying to figure out what to do with him. And it's so beautiful and it's such great acting from all three kid actors. Mm-hmm. I do and like that. it's just like, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that is like, you know, it kind of goes back to my point on the foreshadowing because we get mm. him, we get E.T. making the connection with each of the three kids. Yep. And then when E.T. leaves, he says goodbye to each of the three yep. kids. Doesn't say goodbye to the adults at all. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's also in this scene where uh, Elliot tells Gertie that adults, that kids are the only ones who can see E.T. Kids are the only ones who can see him, yeah. Which isn't true, but again, like goes to kind of the thesis statement or like the theme, yep. like the major theme of this movie. There you go. Yeah. No, and I do like that scene, too, where Elliot's like, you have to take your football pads off because you might scare him. Because you might scare him, yeah. Right. Um, And the thing, you know, we didn't talk too much about Mike, but, like, Mike has always been such an iconic character to me. Um, Okay. Such, such like, a reassuring character. Even when, like, I was watching this when he was a kid and was getting scared, like, I felt like Mike Mm. was reassuring to me and comforting. Um, And I love the visual of Mike with, much like Luke Skywalker and Yoda, Mike with yeah. Gertie on his back. Yeah. And it, we see it a couple times, but, you know, specifically when the, when the, like, the Nastronauts are coming into the, into the house, and he's running with Gertie on his back. Yeah, away from trying to get her out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, and, like, I just love that he's the, like, supporting older brother. Who's, yeah. you know, quite a bit, you know, he's 15, probably, so he's five years older than Elliot, and probably 10 years mm. older than Gertie. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, somehow I'm doing my number one before you. That's fine. Uh, so my number one. Number two? No, my number two I already did. That was that the movie is timeless. Oh yeah, all yeah, ages. yeah, yeah. That's there why we got. Go, that's man. why I was saying you were screwed up. Um, but we're fine. We'll go. We'll go through our top five <laughs> list at the, at the end. Uh, yes. So my number one is just the visual of this movie, and I've talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. But just the way you know the, the movie is shot at four foot level, that it makes regular things look so creepy. The way that as a kid, you know, in the dark that fork is going to look scary or that that coffee can that umbrella is going to look scary um sure and just the way that like it like a lot like how beetlejuice also takes like everyday objects and makes them really creepy in the same way but this is just from like the kid perspective um 
and you know the way light comes in like you talked about how this movie gets lighter and i do really love the the morning after halloween scene mm. where mike is on the bike and he's trying to find et and he's you know in the in the morning dew he's like biking through town and like through the hills trying mm. to find et um and i guess not really through town through like the neighborhood but just like yeah the way that the way the light comes in like the the like weird slit uh blinds and so everything comes in with like the that light and shadows um just the darkness throughout this movie mm. and, and the costumes too right that that elliot is always in this like white waffle long johns um, yep. even when he's got clothes on over them he's got these white white like long johns on underneath um and then when the when the medical people were there he's got the white towel wrapped around him like he's always just in this like bright white like scientific looking thing um yeah and the fridge and the shed, both the way that those are lit with like the light mm. emanating from inside of both of those things. And the fridge is open and it like reminds me of like Ghostbusters kind of where there's like the aliens oh, yeah. in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. So like there was just like just so much visually about this movie and it's so unique. Um, and that is my number one, even though like there is actually something I like about this movie more. But I do just think like that's the thing that always stands out, which makes this movie so special. Well, that's going to lead into my number one, which is the iconic visual of this movie. I mean, the, the five minutes of Halloween night when Elliot is biking down the road, through the woods, over the mountain hill, over the mountainside, and then suddenly you think he's going to fall, and E.T. just closes his eyes, and they're flying. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first time you see that as a kid, like you believe that like this kid can fly and this alien can fly. And you're like, it's just such an iconic visual. Like it's become the freaking poster for Steven Spielberg's production and company. For, yeah, for Amber. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, it's like so iconic. It's the image where they're biking across the night sky and there's this full moon and the shadow of them and the bike goes across the moon. And it's like, even for like something that probably like was done a little cheesily. And if I recall directly correctly from the ILM documentary, I mean, it really was just like a paper cutout that they put over, you know, that they lifted over a, uh, camera lens that was shooting it like a backdrop and mm-hmm. but it looks so cool it looks mm-hmm. so cool and it's so iconic that like that's the thing that you always remember from this film like when you think about et you think about that iconic bi- bike ride and the exhilaration of them flying across the sky as they're gonna make it to the mountaintop to try to call home and it's it's like so uplifting and exhilarating. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like when they are not that time, but when all the kids are on the bike mm-hmm. flying. So the second time the bikes fly, like it does look kind of cheesy, like very much like yeah. green screen behind yeah. them. Um, but and I'm sure there are others, but I'm trying to think of a more iconic movie image that like if you're playing framed and mm-hmm. you see the the full moon with the little black thing in front of it, right. you would instantly know that that's E.T. And I'm sure there are other iconic yeah. images from other movies. But yeah. I'm struggling to think of one that is more iconic than that. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, probably the feather falling on the bench in Forrest Gump, maybe, mm, is just as so. iconic. No, I, don't I don't think so. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure there are, I'm, you know, like, 
on the spot, I just can't think of anything. But yeah. it, it really yeah. is like, you know, and in terms of a movie that so many people have seen too, and it's right. the poster and all right, of right. these things. So I would uh, put it up there with like Darth Vader reaching his hand out in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but if you saw that, right would you there. know yeah. that that's Empire Strikes Back, or would you Absolutely. Like a Star Wars movie? Not Absolutely would, would the yeah. average person know? That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But there also aren't multiple E.T. movies. There are not. Thanks. So, there you go, thankfully. Yeah. All right, well, that's my number one, is the iconic moonshot. Yeah. Um. So something that, you know, it's just I'm going to give it as a bonus, Um. Mm-hmm. and is just like what I really came to watching at this time is just what an emotional roller coaster this movie is. Absolutely. Um, this movie is terrifying. This movie is like my heart was pounding when the astronauts come into the house. Like I was so. Oh nervous, yeah. Even I though I've seen this that. movie before. It's really scary. Like the funny and it kind of shows up in my list, right? Like how funny this movie is. Um, just the way that your emotions are stirred. Like that this movie like made me tear up multiple times watching it, and I've seen this movie so many times, yeah. and like there were three different points in this movie, maybe four, because it might have been that last scene, too, that I might have teared up a little bit as well. Like, that, I mean, you know, E.T. and Elliot lying in the hospital beds, and, like, they think that they're both going to die. Elliot saying goodbye to E.T. at the coffin. Um, Elliot, I, I, I started bawling when Elliot is telling Mike in the, like, airlock that E.T. was alive. Like, the, yeah. the joy in his voice, that he, like, the, all of them, that, like, they see the, the plant is alive. Like, just the... Um, when he's pretending to cry, but he's laughing as he goes out of the room, like, mm-hmm. I started laughing out of relief, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I was like... <laughs> yeah. uh, also, how bad are those those scientists that, like, Elliot put a blanket in the coffin with the alien, they're, and they're just like, they're they look down they and they know. don't even notice. Yeah. But this is also, like, a kid's version, like, to go to your point, like, this is a kid's imagining of what these people are doing and how, who, you know, I mean, it's like... I don't think it's a kid's imagining. I think it's because I mean, like when they're coming into the house. A, there's a big difference between this is a kid's imagination and this is a kid's perspective. I think well, this is I, kid's, kid's perspective. perspective. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm, but that, but like, they definitely weren't in full astronaut uniforms when they were bursting through the house. Like that's the kids of imagination of what they looked like. You don't think so? No, definitely not, because they're just in regular hazmat suits later. Hmm. They definitely work. I kind of thought because it's because they're dealing astronaut. with an alien, they're like, uh, we're just gonna wear like what we would do in space. No, because they're they're not from NASA. I mean, we don't know where they're from. That's the thing. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I, it I doesn't mean, make yeah, a lot of it, sense. Yeah. That's interesting. That's I, I just assume that that is what actually happened. No, because yeah. every time it zooms to them, they're wearing something different. Good point. Yeah. Um, I did notice that they, like, take their masks off and things like that. Like, they're not very good about their sanitation. Uh, So my thought was because each one that each of the kids and the mom encounter look like they're wearing something different. So it's what they're seeing mm -hmm. as they're coming into the house. Yeah, I I guess I just thought that they changed clothes. But, yeah, maybe that's a good good observation. Um, There was something else I had to that point, but I can't remember it now. Oh, Um, um, I did, um, like, I was just about, like, curled up on the couch bawling the final scene of the movie when everybody's saying goodbye and like the goodbye to Gertie is the one that always gets me where he's just like she's like oh, and he's like be good mm-hmm. I'm like oh and oh. He, she taught him be yeah. good right? exactly she's watching like exactly. Sesame Street or, yeah. or Hook on Phonics or whatever yeah. and she says be and then he says be and she says good and he goes be good yeah um, it's adorable yeah. Something else I never really picked up on, and I don't know how long, you know, I don't know how many days this takes. I think it's just three days that it takes place yeah. over because we have the day Elliot's sick, 
right. then we have Halloween, and then we have the day after. Right. But when they go off for Halloween, and this is something I always noticed as a kid, was like, I was like, who trick-or-treats while it's still daylight out? Because growing up in Michigan, like, it well, was California. Ha- right, because it's California. Um, but so they go out, they go trick-or-treating, and, and Mary says, be back an hour after sunset. Yeah. And then, you know, flash forward, you know, 30 more minutes in the movie, and they're taking out, or they're taking E.T. to the, um, to the spaceship, and they yeah. land their bikes, and it's sunset. And it's like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. it's literally been one day since they went out trick-or-treating that yeah. they're now taking uh, E.T. to his, to his spaceship. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So, um, all right. I had um, one other question for you. Okay. Um, and I don't know where, where this should go, because I also have one last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one more last thing too. My one more thing, so I'm not going to use it for that. Um, I'm going to actually save that question for connections because it kind of relates to the rest. Um, well, should we so talk what... about where this landed on your Spielberg list then? Oh, uh, yeah, we can. Um, yeah. But maybe that should come when we do our scores, actually. Okay, if you want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, why don't we go through our Why don't we go through our list from five to one each, okay. and then we'll get into feedback, scores, and then connections. So. Yeah. All right. Since you screwed up your list so much, why don't you go through? I didn't screw up my list that much. I think you just got confused because you did two in a row, and yeah. I said, "Um, that was going to be one of my honorable mentions with something connected to your two or three, and you thought I was doing an official one when I was I just see. like, you know, yeah. anyway, okay, that might be why. That, okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right. All right. So, uh, five was Keys. Um, talking about Keys as a character. Uh. Four was the E.T. Elliot uh, emotional connection. Uh, then we had number three was the 80s and 80s vibe of the movie and all the commercialization surrounding it. Uh, two was E.T. meeting Mike and Gertie for the first time. And one is the iconic bike ride across the moon. Nice. That's no yeah. man. Mm-hmm. It is no man. All right. Uh, my number five was the humor. Mm-hmm. Number four was the foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. My number three was the dinner scene. Nice. My number two was Timeless at Any Age. Mm-hmm. And my number one was the way this movie was shot. Nice. Um, and one thing that I did uh, leave off, and that was actually the very first thing I wrote down, was that this movie, like if you've seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm-hmm. which I had not seen the last time I watched this movie, this movie almost starts where Close Encounters of the Tur- Third Kind ends. Okay. So if you've seen both movies, like the opening shot is very, sub- like, yeah, it's basically. And like that's much more the adult's perspective on this, right? Um, because yeah, it's all Richard Dreyfus. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but yeah, it is yeah. the more the adults version of this. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you know, maybe Close Connors will be revisited mm-hmm. next week, and we'll maybe. see if I still don't like that movie much. All right. Um, feedback. Um, right. Get it. So we've got feedback. Start with Megan the Librarian. She's like, I'd only find ET to rent here, and I didn't want to pay, so I don't have a review. I've seen it before though, and I remember it made me cry. Aww. How many it times made us make cry, cry too. So yeah, how many times did you cry? So. Right. Well, uh, Olaf wrote in and said, from my memory of attending a eight-year-old birthday party in 1991, when I offered when offered a couple films to watch, I was the only one who voted against it and vowed to never watch this after that. So I will stay true to my childish vow. Owen has no review and has still never seen this movie. Olin gets an incomplete this week. Um, yep. I don't know. Maybe we inspired Olin to watch it, although I, I don't hope think he we does. Did. Yep. Eh, I don't think we did. Um, I, I, uh, I did say I'd, I'd well, I'll, I'll hold that. All right. Jenny says, huh, this movie wasn't as good as I remember from my childhood. 3.5 mm-hmm. stars. 
Bummer. Uh, I'd love to know, you know, again, this is a movie that changed differently yeah. when you're an adult versus when you're a kid. What, yeah, what was it yeah. that you didn't like this time? Yeah, a little more detail about Star Trek. Let us know. All right, uh, who's next? Right, uh, Stefan says E.T. is a classic. That's about the only review I can think of. But watching it again made me wonder why movies like E.T. aren't made anymore. Besides Pixar, I can't really think of many movies from the last 20 years that are geared towards kids or families and have become modern classics. Home Alone might be the last one. In the modern cinematic landscape, E.T. would seem very alien. Are there no modern Back to the Future or Princess Brides either? Four and a half out of five from Stefan. Those are interesting points he brings up. Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to the whole way Hollywood has changed. And movies like this aren't given the commercial appeal that they used to. They, they'll go to like a streamer. Or yeah, they don't I get made at all, or they get forced into like being part of an IP. Well, I mean, you know? like the the most modern version of this I can think of, and is it on my it is on my list, but that's like Super Eight, right? Which just like mm -hmm. is not the movie that this is, and it wasn't um, commercially successful. Yeah, I don't remember how good it was, but um, so, and uh, yeah, I mean, Pixar does, you know, like the Toy Story movies, obviously mm -hmm. are are aimed at kids. I do wonder if um, if if it was a little bit bigger, if Paddington 2 could have had this kind of... I've never yeah. seen Paddington it's 2, but I know people love that movie. I just don't think it was, like, huge. Mm. Um, and I'm just trying to think of, like, other non-IP movies that are really geared at kids that were, like... That are big, this, yeah. Like, coming-of-age inspiring... I think it's like Disney's sort of taken over that mantle and nobody really tries. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I guess, like, the, you know, you do have Stranger Things, right? But I Right, don't know but that's that... not really for kids. That's about... Right. Yeah, you know, um, and it's like it's kind of based on this almost. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of kids on bikes, yeah. as they say. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but nothing is really coming to mind. That's like a, like you know, there is like the like Disney. I'm trying to think of just like something non-animated. Because I was gonna say like, uh, oh, what about like Frozen or something? Like right, that. right. Um, yeah, and I wonder like what kids that saw it that would see E.T. now. I mean, when I say E.T., it wasn't that long after, you know, I was born in 85, so I was only born a couple mm -hmm. years after this movie came out. So to me, this was still modern when I saw it, even if I was a little bit older. Um, I wonder what kids would think if they saw this movie now. I don't know. Yeah. I would, um, yeah, I'd like it, but I... What, I mean, I was also talking to, like, some of my friends with kids, and I was like, oh, E.T. is such a classic. And I was like, you got to wait a few years before you show your kids. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, I was definitely way too young to see this movie when I did. Yeah, I think probably um, eight, nine. Yeah, it's like the same age as Elliot, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same yeah, age as Elliot. Once you can be, once you can put yourself in the Elliot shoes, I think you're good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. um so next we've got. Oh, I, you're giving me all the short ones then. It's cool. That's cool. Uh, uh, from Mac. Uh, not Mac and me, just regular Mac. <laughs> uh, he says ET is probably a five out of five. Yep. There you um, go. And uh, Alex says I had seen parts of ET so many times on TV growing up. But this is my first time seeing it all in one sitting. I really like the first half of the movie, but it loses me a little with the lengthy medical scene and some of the later characters. The family dynamic is great, and the movie is incredibly well made, even if E.T.'s skin texture gives me the creeps. Somehow both scaly and dry, yet also moist. Three and a half stars from Alex. Yeah. Uh 
yeah, I, again, I think I wonder if ET is different if you've never seen it before, if you've seen it for yeah. the first time as a kid uh, or as an adult. Um, yeah, I think ET's skin is probably what creeps me out the most, but also like ET's head shape is very yeah. weird. Um, all, and his, his sausage and his sausage yeah. fingers also. The sausage weird. fingers are yeah, yeah. Um, but ET when when he's dehydrated out by the creek. Oh, it's when Mike finds it's him, terrifying. It's, it's so gross. Yeah, he looks like a because like it's a, so sad. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, it is also yeah. really sad. Um, yeah. I do think like that. Well, that's another question I have for you. I'll hold that. Um, yep. All right. We'll close out with Jim. Jim says it's Still a classic. Uh, five out of five. His yep. hero of the movie is Henry Thomas. A great performance by a child actor. There you go. Boom. Um, and that is a 4.3 average from the listeners. Yeah, my brother did give this a half star on Letterboxd. Um, and he I did text me and said that movie super out. He, yeah, he did say that movie super overrated. But um, okay. I, said, I think you need. I, I just think he needs to watch it again. Because yeah. he hates on Spielberg, but I really think, like, this is the kind of movie that if he watched it, he would have some magic. Like, he would understand some right. magic. I think so. I would hope so. For yeah. sure. All right. All right. Who goes first? Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me right. to go first? I can go first. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, I agree with Mac and Jim. This movie is a classic. It's five. I never, like, when I saw this as a kid, this movie scared me so much. It was one I never thought I would ever even want to go back to. I'm so glad right. that I did. Um, I hate just, like, you know, I love that this movie, like, I love this movie so much. I, I don't love that I'm, like gushing so much about it um and but I, I just think like this is there's so much in this it's so unique there's no movie like it and it's just it's it's one of one like it's just it's great and um you know i do want to talk about some things we don't like about it i think because i do think like there are some nitpicks but i just think yeah. like for what this movie is trying to accomplish and what i realize that steven spielberg is accomplishing with this if i don't look at it from um like a what's the word like a um and that's like why a skeptical I mean, like a, you know if i'm not being like skeptical about this movie and skeptical isn't the word i'm looking for there's another word i'm trying to think of critical? like no like if i if i believe that spielberg came to this movie with good intentions yeah i just think what he accomplished is really impressive and i agree for me. there you go yeah and i mean like i put one of my nitpicks as one of my top five like i mean you know i don't i think the keys character is awful and doesn't doesn't make sense. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't like him. I hate him. But I yeah. wanted to bring it up because I didn't want to ignore him completely. Cynical um, was the word I was looking for. If I come cynical, this point, right. cynical. Like if, if you look, I, if you think about my brother comes to this movie from like a cynical point of view, um, mm -hmm. and that it's like schlocky and fair enough. Like I just, I think like it, it, it's never, it never is that for me. It's, it's just magical. Yeah. It's like I, I am also gonna give this movie a five. I mean. This is a childhood classic. It's an adult classic. It's a Spielberg classic for a reason. I mean, it's one of the most iconic films of the 80s. Um, I absolutely love it. I mean, as we talked about, the gamut of emotions that this movie can bring about from the joy to the, to the absolute tears at the end. I mean, it's not a lot of movies do that mm -hmm. and or do that well. You know, and not not that many movies hold up to the emotion that this movie has after multiple viewings. I was um, gonna say after multiple watches, multiple viewings still have this, that pull. Yeah. This film hits. And you pick up on something new every time you watch it as well. Yeah. Like I never thought I never realized until this watch that Keys was Keys' character was named Keys because of the keys. Right. Yep. Until his watch, and I was like, and "Okay, if you I watch have to this movie that. with captions on." They say Kate every time he's walking. Yeah. They say Kate keys jingling when he's yeah. walking, like in the yeah. captions. 
exactly. So there you go. So it's a five for me. Um, it's going to be a 4.6 overall, um, which will round up to a five for Letterboxd. One of our first five across the boards. Is 4.6 or 4.76? 4.76. Okay. Because you said 4.6, but real quick. I said 4.76. Oh, man. Brandon, you're you're hearing things tonight, man. We'll see. It's a, it's, a recorded, it's a recorded medium. Um, oh my God. I, one, one thing that I was, um, and again, like this, you know, I'm not like super into gun culture, but I was glad that they, because they, at one point they had remastered this and replaced it. Dude, that's my one more thing. Don't step oh. on things. Stop it. Well, all right. Well, I mean, that's like kind <laughs> of an too late now. Thing. Yeah, it's too, right. well, too late now. But all right, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll hold it. All right, we'll, we'll do it now. It's fine. Um, so my one last thing, uh, in the 20th anniversary remastered edition in 2002, uh, Steven Spielberg took out the guns from the hands of all of the federal agents that are chasing all the kids on bicycles as they fly over them uh, mm-hmm. towards towards the forest. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, in 2012, he put the guns back, which is why the guns are still there when you watch it on Peacock. Okay. So, so I, didn't realize they, I didn't realize yep. before I saw this that they put the guns back. Or I guess yep. I guess I must have noticed that the last time I watched it, but I forgot. Um, and I was just expecting, right. like, the, the the flashlights, which wouldn't make any sense because it's daylight out there. It's supposed to be walkie-talkies. Or walkie-talkies. That it's supposed to be walkie-talkies. Um, yep. I guess it makes a little bit more sense. But mm-hmm. still, I'm, like... You know, I'm not I'm not into gun culture, but I just think it, was, it makes sense. Like this is how the adults would react. So it, well, they're also like law enforcement officers, right. so of course they have guns. <laughs> yeah, you know what's, what's a walkie-talkie yeah. going to do? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want them to use the guns, but um, yeah. All right, my one last thing is uh, I love how much they talk about the coyote coming back. Yeah, and that Keys is played by the actor Peter Coyote, and I yeah. just think like there you go. Like I don't know if it's a fun weekend or not that like Coyote is, is. you know like yeah. it's like. Coyote's gonna come to the house. Like yep, mm. Coyote comes to the it's house. It's good foreshadowing. Yeah. Yep. It's a good foreshadowing. So, yeah. Thought that was good. Um, why don't we talk about our Spielberg list? Where does this fall on your Spielberg list, Brendan? Uh, so right now this is number five. Wow. Uh, do you want to guess what the four I have above it are? All right, Raiders. Yeah, Raiders is number one. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is number four. Okay. Uh, Jaws is number two. And Saving Private Ryan. Is number three. Whoa, look you go. I got all five. Nice. There you go. So uh, after this viewing, I might flip-flop E.T. and Saving Private Ryan, but I also haven't rewatched Saving Private Ryan in probably five or six years. Maybe but next week. Saving Private Ryan is another one of those movies that just makes me cry <laughs> yeah, at the end. Yeah, you know, Spielberg is, Spielberg is real good at, like, hitting those emotional beats in a movie. Like, he's, he's real good. Except when he's not. Except yeah, when exactly it comes off. As, except when it comes off right. as like a way you can look at it and be cynical about. Uh, That's true. And and for comparison, um, to a movie we did last year, uh, Catch Me If You Can is at six. So okay. there you go. So I have Catch Me If You Can at seven. I'm sure we did yeah. this on the Catch Me If You Can we episode. Probably did. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Um, so I have ET at all the way up at number two. Nice. And um, and I think there's an argument for being number one because my number one is Jurassic Park. Yeah, and, and I can see that. Yeah, I love Jurassic Park. I think there is like such a magic with, and I just watched that recently. There's such mm-hmm. a magic with that movie, and like that, these are really one A and one B because right. I just think like there's something like Jurassic Park. There are other versions of Jurassic Park that exist, right? Like of that right. kind of like terrifying sci-fi thriller. I don't know if there's another version of ET that does what this movie does. 
And so like, I I, that's, that's the, but I do think like, there's like, I like, I think I prefer, I would prefer, I don't know. I think I would, pre- if I, you gave me like, if I didn't incinerate one of them, Mm-hmm. And I could only watch one. I don't know. I think I might keep Jurassic Park. It's just, I, it's hard. I can't decide. But I do have like a clear. Then I have Jaws at three. Um, because huh. I do think like I like Jaws a lot, but I think like Jaws uh, lags a little bit. Yeah, and I mean that's the ultimate top three. I mean, and you don't you didn't even mention Raiders, and it's like yeah, I have that at four. That's just not. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that movie. I liked it a lot when we did it a couple years ago. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's not the one. It's not one I grew up with. I don't have the reverence for it. Yeah. So, um. I did want to, like, you know, we've been gushing about E.T., but, like, this, one of the questions I had is, like, and we both gave it fives, but, like, what don't you like about this movie? I mean, I know you don't like keys. Is there anything else you don't like about this? Hmm. Don't like. Anything I really don't like. Um, I I actually, like, despite talking about how I thought it worked thematically, I don't like how dark it is when Elliot is showing E.T. around the house. Like when how they're visually home dark it is? Like how visually dark it is, because you can't really see anything. He's talking about Greedo and Boba Fett and Walrus Man. You can't see these action figures that he's talking about. They're just like silhouettes of action figures in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like you Maybe. can't actually like see anything that they're doing. He's just Watch like talking up. about things and you can barely see E.T. Because it's so visually dark in that scene. So that's something that I did enjoy on this watch. Oh, so you don't like my number one, which is the, <laughs> how visually great this movie is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, there's a couple things that I want to say mm. that I don't like. Um, this is the part Owen can tune back in for. I don't. Uh, I don't like Mike's jerk ass friends. Yeah, I wish like, they had more weird. to do though. They just like but don't yeah. really. Sh- they're like out by the. They're out by the bus early on, and then we don't right. see them again until late. Right. Uh, they're playing D and D at the beginning, which is cool. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, um, yeah. The one kid looks like Cameron. Um, yeah. Well, one of the kids is C. Thomas Howell from. You would know from the Outsiders. Oh, okay. The yeah. Park movie. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so some of the things I don't like, um, if I was going to mm-hmm. nitpick. So one is like, I don't feel at all a connection to E.T. as a character. I feel a connection to E.T. because of what he because means of Elliot. to yeah. Elliot and Gertie and Mike and right. Keys also. Um, but I'm not like, it's not like I don't care about E.T. as a character at all. Um, I think he's funny. He's a fun mascot, but like that, I I don't have that. Um, and my other thing, and I get I think this is kind of the cynical view of this, is like this movie does some really interesting things, but it's like so on the nose with them, like that it's like everything is shot at four. Like I think there is a way you can cynically look at this movie, and be like, oh yeah, okay, all right, yeah, we get it. Like you're shooting everything at four feet. You're not giving the adults names. Like you're like there's a way that you could look at this movie and be like, it's too on the nose with what it's trying to do. But um, it's also I, not that on the nose for 1982. Like no, like this is in, this is a movie that people ripped off afterwards, with the style and the visualization. Like, but there wasn't a movie that was made like ET when ET was made, and that was able to do it. Yeah, but I just think like some of the themes, and like the you know like the stuff that we called out. Like I I think that there are people you mm-hmm. can watch this and like it's like they feel like it's beating you over the head with it, but I don't think it is because. Like, as a kid, you don't pick up on that stuff, and it's stuff that you pick up as an adult. And it, like, this movie so much is about the perspective of, like, what things are to you as a kid versus what things are to you as an adult. So I think mm-hmm. that it's really effective in that way. So, but I could, I could see how that would be a nitpick for some people. Interesting. Huh. All right. Uh, did our Spielberg list. Yep. We uh, did not do our heroes of the movie because we kind of jumped out of order. Uh, yep. Who's your hero of the movie? Uh, it's going to be the three kid actors. I'm going to just Heroes. say it. The child actors. Yeah. Okay. Child actors. Yeah. I think they're really good. Um. 
on my last watch, I said that I thought um, that I thought Drew Barrymore was the standout, but I actually yeah. like I, I really appreciated Henry Thomas on this watch. Um, yeah. But for the sake of something different, I will say Spielberg. Uh, there you go. Because just the magic that he does with this, and again, just like last week, like we talked about with Poltergeist, like the fact that this and Poltergeist are released within a week from each other, and mm-hmm. that he has a hand in both, and how similar they are, like it's just like. Hello, like it's you know it's the clay balls in the air. It's amazing. Like yep. what a juggling act. Absolutely. So. And leaning into that, um, I have an idea for title connection. Um, All right. Well, why don't we do just connections to last week first? Oh, let's, and we can do that. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Uh, um, so, uh, well, connection. Connect- what you have? Uh, this was filmed on the same street as Poltergeist. It was actually filmed on the same. street? It was street? filmed on the actual same street, which leads to my title idea, which is two sides of the same street. Yeah. All right. Um, like we also have um. Children with uh, divorced parents who were, uh, you know, that that we had last week that. Um, but we didn't. They were like. We determined divorce, that. Right. Huh. It was unconfirmed divorce last. Unconfirmed week, right? divorce, but yeah. But uh, I, I like the idea that we came up with last week that possibly Craig T. Nelson's character is the missing dad from this movie. Yeah. It's a yeah. He just went across the street. Um, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think like I like that title connection. I think like the fact that these movies were released like a week apart. Yeah. It really should be part of the title connection. Um so it like same street next week or something like that. You know, same street, different week. I don't know, like something like next week on the same street, maybe. Um I just think we need like or June nineteen eighty two on the same street. This street I would just uh like the streets of june 82 sure yeah like where the streets have no june of 82 uh for my librarian the streets of june of 82 yeah i like that sure so i mean you know we're not getting spielberg in there but that's okay we can't get everything but i do Um, think like june of 82 has to be you know 40 years ago and a couple months um a couple other a couple other connections i had to last week um mm-hmm. we had a football poster on the wall in both yep. movies we had that um we had a, had a creepy football. female child in front of a tv saying something creepy to her parents oh, yeah. yeah standing in front of, yeah. yeah yeah good stuff in front of tv um star wars toys we had yep. both. lots of star um, wars merch. yep yep uh we had flying objects in a bedroom yep um there you go in which when we talked about the bedroom i didn't even talk about like the closet and I guess the you know significant closet we both have yep. in in both movies. I think um, the deal with the closet was it connected two of the bedrooms. Is that yes. what it was? Because yeah. it was so big, like it. But it was almost like, it, like a hangout room, right? Like they had like a yeah, it was like a hangout in there. Room. Yeah. Like they they turned their closet into like a a place where they could all like kind a clubhouse, of like, yeah. And like a clubhouse and like a like a it was like a safe space, right? It's like mm. there's lots of stuffed objects. It's very soft yep. in there. There's like nice lighting. Like it did feel mm. like when they're in the closet, they feel safe. Right. And there are other parts of the house where they don't feel safe, especially when the because Mike goes into the closet when all the scientists are there and he falls yeah. asleep in the closet. Yeah. And it's like that's his one place where he can get away. And yeah. so it really is a safe space in that house. Absolutely. Um, and then I just had, you know, uh, whereas, it's in, whereas it's the most dangerous place in Poltergeist. Oh, true. Yeah. Because that's yeah. where everything is getting sucked into yeah. where all the evil is. There yeah, another title connection we could have done is like the other side of the closet or something like that. Um, or not, you know, like, but. I, I like what we have with Kate. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, and then uh, one other connection I have is just like another like very like unique looking movie house and very iconic right. looking movie. Like I always think of this house and like you just think of like the closet is really unique, but also like their breakfast nook. Like there's yeah. no other movie has like usually it's just like that a table. Nook. Yeah. Right. But it's like this is like a breakfast nook and like the 
the blind, you know, I keep going back to the blinds in the house and just like right. the way the house is laid out and that there's like the living room, like it just, it just, there's so much of this that is, you know, again, like the way a kid would see his house, the mm-hmm. way a kid remembers his house. Yep. And you have a bunch of scientists coming into a house doing experiments, trying to figure out what's going yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. And trying um, to, yeah. trying to nail down who this visitor, you know, we have a visitor. We have a visitor. Um, yeah. I mean, I wonder if it should, we should be a visitor in, in the house visitor. <laughs> Like the visitor of June and nineteen of June nineteen eighty two. Visitor of June eighty two. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's like more iconic than the street. Okay. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Visitors of June. I like it. Visitors of okay. June eighty two. Yeah. Take the in right. out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, we got like we it. got to it eventually. Right. Um. All right. This is going to be a fun part. Connections to other movies from this year. Uh, yeah, so awkward dinner scenes. We have plenty of those. There's a huge one. Can I go first? Yep. Uh, go for it. Yes. Uh, E.T. watches The Quiet Man. Yep. <laughs> and that was what I texted you about. I said, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that's in this movie. I, yeah, I didn't even realize it was The Quiet Man. And would, maybe you should watch E.T. now. Yeah. So, uh, so that I remember I didn't realize it was The Quiet Man until we watched The Quiet Man. Uh, and the scene where they're blowing into the house and the wind is going. And that's what that's from The Quiet watching. Man. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, from The Quiet yeah, Man. Yeah. And that's what Elliot like then Elliot kisses the girl because of the yeah, scene. Because of The Quiet Man. Yeah. So, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that was the big one. So that's uh, fantastic. Right. Good job. Go ahead with the other ones. Uh, we had the spacemen. See. We have lots of spacemen in other yep, movies this year. Yep. astronauts and spacemen and space scientists um we have different uh, different types of bikes we have motorcycles and regular bikes and this oh true yeah motorized um, bikes or like powerful yep. bikes uh yeah. what else we got um uh we have a character traveling a great distance i mean a lot of the movies we had earlier including a quiet man a character travel you know across the ocean this time we have a character traveling through space mm-hmm. we um, have lots of frantic channel flipping on the tv um you know when do we have different a- in different movies um or like different different things involving the tv and you know poltergeist and summer of sam and romeo julia oh, ten and a half as well too yeah. um, ten and a half yep. yeah um and then we have character getting really sick yeah uh, true which we had in the big sick notebook uh yep. about time as well um and what was the other one uh brooklyn is that what it was yeah uh yes she had to go back because her sister was sick yeah as we get to the end of the year, sometimes it's like, what was what yep. happened in that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they do reference baseball as well. I don't remember yep. what there was a line about baseball in this. We mm-hmm. had a lot of baseball. Well, he throws a ba- doesn't he throw a baseball into the garage the first time he beats ET? Oh, could be. And it gets yeah. thrown back out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we have significant chocolate in any of these movies? The um, Reese's Pieces? No, I mean in. Oh, in any of our other ones? Yeah. Uh, not really. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the Quiet Man one, I, it was like a huge one. And actually, yeah. you know, this movie is, has not come up that much. It uh, came up after Apollo 10 and a half. Okay. Um, I suggested it after Apollo 10 and a half, mm-hmm. but I think just like coming of age movie. Um, yep. Coming of age space. Came up yeah. after Poltergeist, obviously. And then uh, it did come up after The Quiet Man. Um, Kyle okay. Curry suggested it. And he uh, said, uh, well, and this is basically what I said. His connection was movie within a movie. Uh, he said, uh, mm-hmm. Well, I'd never seen this film before. I definitely was familiar with the homage in E.T. since I was a kid. There you go. Yep. Um, and But I was surprised. That was it. I thought it would come up a lot more on this podcast, but only yeah, a few times. Yeah, it does too. Yep. Um, all right. So we've got that uh, movie map time. What is your connection uh, to the last movie? I mean, the big one is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, that's right. Because you have the, you know, staying home sick from school and yep. the... Ferris has that whole monologue about how to fake being sick with your parents. Yep. And, you know, the 
the thing about like faking your temperature like with a faulty thermometer, mm-hmm. which is what Elliot does. Right. And so yeah, it's like um then there's uh They also well, have the droning teacher in yeah, first Bueller's staff. Teacher, teachers, yeah. Like the the teacher who's there like the go. boring monotone teacher, not just a teacher, but like a droning yep. monotone yep. teacher. Ben Stein. Yeah. Yep. And so. then um, what else you got? Yeah, I mean that's that's the best one. For, that's a big one. We're going yeah. kind of long, so I probably don't have anything else I'll throw in for okay. movie map. I think that's probably the closest one. So, um, if we had done the Quiet Man last year, I would probably say the Quiet Man. Though, yeah. So right. All right. Um, and we already did our one last things, even though yep. they were not our one last thing. So I think uh, any more one uh, last things. Yeah, um, I, I, I I'll I'll have one more one more last thing. I do um, have one more thing also. <laughs> uh, the ET one. aliens appear in the Senate scene in Attack of the Clones, and oh. there you go. So that's another Star Wars ET connection, but it's not going to come up in movie connections, which is why I wanted. So to Yoda it. and ET always connected yep. to each other. Yoda and ET are connected, as yes, are George is, and Spielberg. This was my question that I was going to ask you um, during connections uh, because you've seen all of this show and I have not seen the latest se- the least, latest season. Which movie do you think is a bigger influence on Stranger Things, Poltergeist or ET? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, as, well, I would say season one definitely Poltergeist. Later seasons definitely ET. Okay, because the one friend um looks just like dustin like he's yeah, got the hair that's that comes out. he's got yeah. the hat like he, in the glasses yeah. like just the, the way dustin's character looks in stranger things definitely is based on that character from yeah if, if grace is listening she she can correct me but i would i would say season one poltergeist later seasons et okay yeah, yeah. although right. i mean 11 is a pretty good et cop mm-hmm. yep. you know with her relationship with mike but mm-hmm. and like the scientists coming after her yeah and, yeah yeah, uh, we have a character sure. named Mike. I mean, I don't know if a character True. named Mike is named after the Michael, but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, why don't we get to uh, s- suggestions? We can pick a movie for yes. next week. What do Let's you think? do it. All right. Uh, so once we do pick a movie, send us your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter, the movie ladder at gmail.com. Send us your feedback on the movie we pick, your score, any you know notes that you have, and uh, then suggestions for us to do in two weeks. Absolutely. So I think we have two more episodes in October, I believe. Yep. Right? Next week is the... No, one more episode. Next week is the 25th, and then the episode oh, no. will be November 1st. Oh, yeah, you're right. Crap. One last spooky season. Well, yeah. Yeah, we can always go more. Yeah, yeah, we All can right. always watch it. All right. Uh, so Megan the Librarian kicks us off on the suggestions rung, and she says, uh, Signs, 2002, mm-hmm. another movie with kids and aliens. Yep. Uh, her next one, Scream. So the original Scream. Uh, it's a spooky movie, and it's got Drew Barrymore in it. Yep. Now, I never saw the newest Scream. Did you see the new one? I the one did see the screen? newer one, yeah. Okay. I think it was on Peacock or Premium. Yeah, if you want to watch it, I might, even watch, I might even watch it tonight, unless we end up picking it. Might be a good it. one to watch. Um, but uh, I saw Drew Barrymore is listed in the cast for that. Is that just, like, archival footage? I'm not going to comment. Okay. I did, because I did, when I was looking comment. at movies she's yeah, in, I saw she's in it. I don't want to Okay, okay, yep, all right. Good to know. I just was curious. This is a movie that's on my list. Taking mm-hmm. off War of the Worlds. Definitely on my list because Good I had never aliens. seen it. Um, I had never seen the the Top Cruise War of the Worlds. So yeah, so this is one that would there is like a little girl character played by Dakota Fanning. Um, mm-hmm. pairs up pretty nice with Drew Barrymore. Uh, it's one that I did not like when I saw. Okay. It. Um, and I would be interested to revisit it. Um, Interesting. So yeah, that was why I put it on my list. I can take it off my list. Yeah. I uh, I'm not gonna lie, I don't feel like my list is great, but uh, fair enough. Well, All right, moving on to our next uh suggestions 
We have from Jenny. She says, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Steven Spielberg, John Williams, and very Halloween-ish. Uh, mm, a little Ka- spooky, yeah. Kali Ma, right? They they yeah. rip out the heart. Um, Kali a heart, Dr. Jones. Kali yeah, and, and we had a significant yeah. heart in E.T. as well. True, true. Good point. Right. Uh, and would be the first time we've ever gone to a sequel of a movie yep. that we did, I that think, right? I don't think we've ever that done a true. sequel. Like, we've d- after we did the original back in the day. Yep, that is true. Um, if we pick that, I think I would say you have to listen to our uh, Raiders episode, Brendan, to give us a great. Yeah. All right. From Stefan, he, we have Toy Story. All right. Mm-hmm. So Stefan said, are there any movies that are like this that aren't Pixar? Well, he's sending us a Pixar. A space person spends a lot of time in a child's bedroom. Good point. Fun connection. Yep. Uh, next one, Arrival, Alien yep. Visitors, and Wally. It's kind of a reverse ET where the Earthling hides in space. Yep. There you go. Wow. And Alex says, I think this is the time for Critters 3, another movie with a young <laughs> star who goes on to have a huge career whose character interacts with aliens. Now, we have to watch Critters 1. I think we talked about this last time, Alex. Did we? Yeah. Do we have to, talk, do we have I, to watch Critters 1 and 2? No, I think we should just watch Critters We just watch 3? Yeah. All right. Uh, another suggestion is a different Spielberg movie with initials in the title. This is coming off of my list as well. Yeah. Uh, that is AI, Artificial Intelligence. The main character in it is both a little boy and also somewhat alien. Yep, it's uh, one I've been wanting to revisit. So yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we have uh, uh, the main character, like the 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 uh, initial character. So the AI versus the ET uh, yeah. does form a connection with uh, another main character in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. AI was the first movie I put on my list. Uh, definitely a very good connection to this movie. Nice. Um, and one that I just recently revisited, but uh, is very high on my Spielberg list. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, we get to Olin. So Olin still is going to suggest movies, even though. Uh, he didn't watch the movie. He said, so here are some aliens in my Earth in Earth recommendations that I can knock off my own watch list. Yep. Uh, first one, The Man Who Fell to Earth. David Boyd plays an alien stuck in America. Yep. I uh, watched that earlier this year. Really, um, it was a weird freaking movie, um, mm-hmm. but not a bad movie, just a very strange movie. Um, and uh, believe it or not, that was another one on my list. So my list, I might have to like look up from some backup <laughs> suggestions. Well, then I will go. Really good thin. thing I get to go first this week. Yeah. Uh, next one he's got is Under the Skin. Scarlett Johansson Never wanders around Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So, Never seen Under the Skin. Alien Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then The Thing. Uh, Olin yes. says, you've seen the original. Might as well try to catch up on the remakes. This is the 1982. Yep. You know, well, we don't know. It, we don't know if that's an alien in The Thing, though. No. Well, we know it's something. Yeah. It's yeah, it's some it's an yeah, I guess it's not it's a, a human, thing. It's a thing. It's an unhuman object. Yep, it's um, a thing. All right. Jim has uh, Enemy Mine is his ladder run from nineteen eighty five. I haven't even heard of this movie. No, I haven't uh, either. I was very interested. Dennis Quaid, uh, although he puts Dennis Quad, uh, and uh <laughs> Lewis Gossett Jr., fresh off his Oscar in a movie about a conflict between humans and aliens, shows fourteen cast and crew with ET. Interesting. Yeah, I never heard of this movie. I'm definitely intrigued. All right, uh, I get to go first with host suggestions, so you can do some furious googling. Yeah. Um. First, first one off my list is the Iron Giant. Even though I watched it earlier this year, I would, uh, I would Coming absolutely agree with it. From the sky. Yeah, exactly. A straight, a, a young boy and federal agents trying to chase down the creature. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't throw in Star Wars, just for all the Star Wars references in this movie. Um, so yeah, uh, Star Wars, 
Uh, you mentioned it earlier. I've never actually seen Super 8, so Super 8 is oh, okay. one I'm going to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids chasing after some sort of mystery. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw Alien in there. I mean, okay. I love Alien. I would love to revisit it for our final spooky season. Um, there was a podcast where they were talking about Alien. Alien's not, uh, do you think Alien yeah. is a horror movie? I just think it's science fiction. I think the first one is a horror movie, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, um I've got a lot of real like really weird honorable mentions. I don't know. Um don't list them yet because I got Yeah, them. no, I'm trying to decide what I want to make my last pick though. Um oh, I see. I'm gonna go with for my final pick. I'm gonna go with one a movie I haven't seen because everything on else on my honorable mentions is something I have. Um, same writer wrote the BFG. It's about a kid who befriends a creature from another realm. Um, I was I'm just go looking at that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with the BFG. Okay, that's interesting. Um, BFG. BFG. All right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. let's see. You didn't take any. Wait, you did take Super Eight off my list, right? Did you have Super Eight or not? Okay, yeah. so you took Super Eight off my list. Um, I have some. Um, I probably have enough to get us through. Um, all right. Uh, do, let's see. Where do I want to start? Um, first one is a movie that came out in 2019, I think. Um, and it's like about it's a coming of age about the space race, something with space going on called Vast and Night. Uh, it's a yes, Amazon Prime movie. I never saw it. It's been on my watch list forever. Um. Much like, uh, I don't know who it was. Was it Alex that said that he'd only seen like kind of bits and pieces of E.T. but never sat down and watched mm. the whole thing? Um, this is uh, the way it is for me on this movie. This is another 80s coming of age movie uh, classic. It is The Karate Kid. So I know I've seen like, I've probably seen the whole thing, but never sat down and watched the whole thing. Right, right, right. So They do um, live in uh, Northern California, much like the kids in this movie. Okay, cool. Yep. There you go. Um, and uh, next one is Pete's Dragon. Um, yep. this is the new Peace Dragon, the one by the guy who did the Green Knight. Um, and, uh, I don't know a ton about this. I've never actually seen the cartoon, but apparently, you know, the, I think he finds a dragon in the woods, um, much like finding E.T. in the woods. And the name of the dragon in Peace Dragon is Elliot. So, gotcha. um, okay. I thought that made it a good connection. And, um, how many did you put on your list? Uh, just so I don't have Five. Five. All right. And that's three. Um, I'm going to skip this one. Um, Talk about the sequel. Um, So this movie takes place on Halloween. We get a lot of stuff going on in a closet. uh, Some interesting lighting. So why not throw the original Halloween on there? There you go. Yep. And uh, is X-Files a good suggestion? It was on my honorable mentions because it's not it's not a good movie. I I, as much as I would love for us to do the X-Files movie, it's just not good. Yeah, I just didn't know if it had a uh, had any kind of good connection. All right, I'll skip no, the next one. I mean, it just wouldn't be as fun. All right. Um, I did like that this movie is edited by Carol Littleton, which reminded me of Claire Littleton from Lost. Carol Littleton did uh, edit The Big Chill, but I don't think there's anything else really connecting no, this to The Big Chill. So. Uh, so for my last one, I'll do Fire in the Sky. Ah, uh, there you um, go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. I think it's about a guy who gets abducted by aliens, and it Henry is. Thomas yeah. is in it. And it, yeah. it's... Uh, 11 years after this movie, we get Henry Thomas and... I believe it's an HBO production, too. I remember it. Okay. I remember it freaking me out when I was a kid, too. Cause yeah, I think that's it's one of those where kids. the box was always kind of scary. Yeah. Um, But I never saw it. And then I think I always confused it with uh, Close Encounters. 
yep. so similar. All right. Um, um, and, then, yeah. and then in terms of honorable mentions, I had Avatar. Yeah. In terms of alien creatures, um, X Files. Yeah. And uh, and then Mac and Me, um, which yeah, uh, I've I never seen, but it seems a, like a yeah. seems like a real ripoff of this movie. And the yep. alien in Mac and Me is so like not scary, just like weird ass looking alien. And, um, you know what? I'm gonna swap out Alien for one of my other um look at you. honorable right. mentions that I forgot about. Yep. Um, we talked about this movie earlier this year when um we did Apollo Ten and a Half. Um, because it came up as a suggestion for me, it's Ethan Hawke, where he and River Phoenix and another actor play young boys who tried to build a rocket to go to space, and they may or may not encounter beings in space, and that's Explorers. Oh, all right. And it's also an 80s film. It has yeah. a lot of similarities to this movie. Oh, cool. Um, so, so it's like another one, like like Mac and Me. It's another ripoff of. It's a little bit of a ripoff, but it's what about um? Was batteries not included, like an ET Batter- ripoff. I never saw that. Batteries not included was an easy ripoff, and um, it was sort of a mix of like Short Circuit and ET because mm-hmm. they're like um like alien like discs. Oh, short, short Circuit yeah. could have been fun to put on our list. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Superman was on my list because okay. it fell oh, from yeah, the sky. Yeah. Um. Arrival was taken. Um, what else? Outbreak, because of all the hazmat suits. Uh, Galaxy Quest, Predator, uh, Contact, Coneheads, Men in Black, um, what else? Black. Jaws, and uh, Saving Private Ryan. I thought about that. Ah, uh, yes, I did think I, I forgot I thought about putting that on my list. Yeah. So. Uh, what right. about you? Anything else? Uh, nope, I said them all. All right, why don't you read okay, what we got cool. and then we can pick? All right. Uh, we are going to go with Signs. Scream, War of the Worlds, Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom, Toy Story, Arrival, Wally, Critters 3, AI, Artificial Intelligence, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Under the Skin, The Thing, Enemy Mine, The Iron Giant, Star Wars, Super 8, Explorers, BFG, Vast of Night, The Karate Kid, Pete's Dragon, Halloween and fire in the sky. Zach, you get to go first. All right. Uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Um, there you go. Yep. Uh, Spielberg, Aliens, movie that I think I would be interested to revisit. Uh, it is not on my Spielberg top 10 list, but maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Yes. Yes. And let's see. I'm going to go with a film that's been on my watch list for. A really long time and I've never seen it. Um, I think it's actually a good suggestion. Um, and I think it would be different enough from this that it can be interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go with Under the Skin. Okay. For yeah, my lesson. Much, day, under the Skin is very much different from ET, although it is it is creepy. I've never seen it. Is. Um okay. so there you go. Cool. All right, from your list, uh you've never seen Super 8? So I've never I seen Super, go 8. Super 8. Yep. Um it's like basically uh JJ Abrams makes ET. Is especially gotcha. super nice. You got it's Kyle Chandler, isn't that? Uh yes. And I feel like there's probably the kid actors in Super 8 ended up being uh Okay. Being famous. So Right. And from your list, um hmm. The only one that really catches my attention, uh I don't I just don't think Fire in the Sky is very good. Um I I'd like to I let's do Vast of Night. I don't I know I've heard of it, um, but I don't know anything about it. 
So okay. there we go. Well, I know Vastonite is on Amazon Prime, but I will pull the rest of them up. Um, so we got I think Vastonite was one of those movies that came out in like in early 2019. It was on like all these lists of like this is like a movie like unnoticed yep. movie that's very good. So um, we're sticking with some form of alien life form moving forward. Uh, that's fun. War of the Worlds, Under the Skin, Super 8, or Vastonite. Um, Honestly, War of the Worlds probably would have been on my list if I didn't see it on my li- on the list earlier from one of the, the listeners. And you said you've never seen this, or you wanted to read I've it? I've never seen this version. And I think the Spielberg blind spot is probably what we got to go I think with. it is, too. And, I mean, also it's Tom Cruise who we love. This would... Is Tom Cruise five times yet on the pod? I feel like probably more than five times. One I was five. wondering if Spielberg was five times. Um, Definitely. So yeah. Spielberg is Catch If You Can, E.T., yep. Raiders. Raiders. That might be it, right? Uh, yeah. So just didn't we do more? Didn't we do more Spielberg than that? Maybe we have it. I thought we had. Um, I don't think so. I mean, we're getting to the point now where it's actually starting to get hard to remember what movies we've done. The podcast. Oh, no, I, think yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I think we only did those three. Yeah, um, I guess we have. Yeah. For Tom Cruise, we've done Top Gun, Magnolia, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Collateral, Collateral, Tropic Thunder. So he's already passed the five times. Okay, yeah, Vampire, yeah. the Six Timers Club. Yeah. Uh, this will be Seven Timers, and we do uh, love Tom Cruise though. I feel like there's one more, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we need a fact checker. Uh, yeah, um, I want to take out Under the Skin, even though I suggested it. Um, <laughs> why aren't we think, doing World of the Worlds? Didn't we just I think we it? should do World of the Worlds. I think that's the I think that's the way to go. I think yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, so World of the Worlds is on Paramount Plus. Um, awesome. And uh, or your local library, and rent it. Um, and yep. this is the 2005 version, not yes. the uh, not the Orson Welles radio play. Uh, Under the Skin, just for posterity, Under the Skin was on Canopy and HBO Max, um, okay. just so you know. Gotcha. And uh, that's Jonathan Glazer directed Under the Skin, okay. um, which I feel like he did a lot of TV. I'm pretty sure he's pretty well known for TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night only on on Amazon Prime. So the you know for the description for that, the at the dawn of the space race, two radio obsessed teens discover a strange frequency over the age, the airwaves, and what becomes oh, the most yeah. important night of their towns in the history of their small town. Interesting. And, uh, important night of their lives in the history of their small town. Um, hmm. And, uh, but it's, you know, so again, like we're getting kids discovering something from space. Right. Uh, Super 8 was not streaming anywhere, but it takes place okay. in 1979, Ohio. Um, it's, gotcha. And uh, again, it's directed by J.J. Abrams. Al Fanning is in that. So uh, oh, not yeah. Dakota Fanning, like we're going to have in World of Worlds. Right, Actually, later. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Chandler, you were right. Uh, and, um, I don't think anybody else. Riley Griffiths, is he anybody of note? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out next week. I don't. I mean, I this is no. This is Super Eight. This was not War of the Worlds. Oh, I thought you were saying War of the Worlds. Okay. No, this is Super got it, got Eight. It. So, um, but no, War of the Worlds has Dakota Fanning in it. Um, got it. Yeah. Oh, so, and Miranda Otto. Nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Yep. So next week we're going to be doing another Spielberg movie. We're going to be jumping to 2005. So jumping a few awesome. decades to War of the Worlds. That is streaming on. Paramount Plus. So, uh, good job. It's another point for Megan the Librarian. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I think E.T. was my suggestion last week. We didn't say. Who, whose suggestion was E.T. last week? Do you remember? Great yeah. question. Uh, let me switch. I think it was, my, I'm, uh, it was mine. Because I remember that was yeah, the yeah, one yeah, I said. I, like, yeah. I called my shot last week, and I said E.T. Uh, e. Yep. Yeah. So, right. Um, job, buddy. World Worlds coming up next week. Seen on Paramount Plus. All right, Brendan. Yep. Uh, what are you looking forward to watching this week? Uh, another episode of Andor uh, tomorrow, so no excited, no idea where the back half of this season is going, but I'm very excited. Um, I want to go see Tar 
the new Kate Blanchett film. I'm hearing oh, really yeah. good things. I've heard um, great things about it too. Yep. So I'm I'm hoping to get to East Street and see that at some point this weekend. And I'll try to find some spooky stuff to watch over the weekend. Um, also, going to keep going with Hitchcock. So, you know, maybe I'll have more to report on that next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. There we go. All right. Good. What about um, you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got. I need to catch up on. I'm like multiple weeks behind on the Criterion Challenge. I still need to mm-hmm. watch the um, uh, Young Girls of Rockford. Uh, oh, it's, really, it's very yeah. good. Yeah. It's very fun. Um, and then I need to watch whatever for this week and then upcoming next week. Uh, I've also got, uh, I have the Birdcage friend of the mm-hmm. library right now for the Renap Challenge. I'm almost done with that. So, um, and I would like to start Andor now that I've finished She Hulk. So, you should. Um, um, if you're looking for a Anna Karenina movie for this week, um, I did watch Alphaville for that, for the Criterion this week. Oh, yeah. you've already seen Alphaville. I liked it. It was weird. It was a weird yeah. freaking movie, but it's I liked it. It's like a sci-fi noir, like, yeah, just it was, odd. It's it was very, very Blade Runner meets, like, Memento. Yeah, Blade Runner, that's a good, like, that's yeah. a good connection. Yeah, it was so. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll both be watching World Worlds. This, this will be interesting. I, you can't have very many Spielberg blind spots on this movie, or Tom Cruise blind spots. Not really, no. I mean, Tom Cruise is one of my most watched actors in my Letterboxd history. On this podcast, so. I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is a rare Spielberg blind spot for me. I'm excited. Well, aliens are coming back next week. Yep. So, uh, yep, we'll be watching War of the Worlds. Uh, catch it on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, catch me uh, every week on oh, right. okay, recaps okay. doing uh, Andor coverage. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Fitzy Brennan and at Pusher Recaps. Uh, thanks, Zach. Enjoy. <laughs>
Um, soft high yeah, five yeah. there. Uh, Lucy says that terrestrial sure was extra. And then and, your uh, lights went out. My lights nice. went out. That was very creepy. Uh, that was then, really creepy. Then, yeah, that <laughs> oh, was, no, uh, aliens. Yeah. Uh, and then this this is a good review. So uh, Sierra says, E.T. is gay. And here's my evidence. Literally oh, yeah. comes out of closet dressed in drag. Yeah, we didn't talk about him. We didn't uh, talk about the drag. And how funny, how funny he looks with Pretty that great. wig on. Uh, spaceship leaves a rainbow trail in the sky. Yeah, we didn't talk about that either. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yes. And then uh, the magical powers, e.g. can make you fly. Only gays are that powerful. Also, I mean, you talked about it and like it was setting off like, you know, thoughts in my head as you were talking about everybody going into the closet to find their safe space and coming out of the closet. And mm. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of coming into it, going out of the closet in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did think like I didn't talk about that, but I, that probably is another nitpick I have is E.T. leaving a rainbow behind when he flies away was like, like, that's the last image we get of this movie. A little it's, cheesy. it's pretty but, cheesy. Yeah. But, uh, but I otherwise, it. E.T.'s a great movie. Not five out of five. five. Yep. All right. Well, uh, five out of five, that was our top five, too. Uh, well, next five. week, we'll be right here. We will, yeah, there we go. We'll be right here. 